Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. Hopefully you've ingested your bleach or injected yourself with some Lysol. Uh, I am your host, Al Manorino. I wasn't expecting you to go that deep, but great. Dang! With me, as always, is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Bill Bodkin. Al, I don't, I don't know in the seven years that I've known you, you've made me laugh that hard. That That's was, that was, and you have made me laugh. Don't get me wrong, but you mostly annoyed me. But it, it, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best you've ever made me laugh. And I want to say happy anniversary because, well, inside baseball, very inside baseball. two years ago today or yesterday today, I believe uh, you messaged me. You said, "Bro, check out this festival." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, whatever." I was on my couch. I clicked on my Facebook Messenger because. As we said before, our, our podcast is basically our Facebook Messenger conversations come to life. And it was an announcement that baby Manorino, now Parker Manorino, was on his way. And I cried. Yes. And I yes, called you, you immediately. I called you, you immediately. Did. In tears. Yes. Yeah, so probably I, drunk. To I think for even more inside baseball, uh, Two years ago today, I announced that we were having our first child and only child currently, uh, Parker. Uh, but we, it was just the, the announcement of having a baby. We didn't know the sex of it yet and anything or whatever. But you had known a few days, I think, earlier when I was still like kind of designing the poster. No. I think I had just finished it. I didn't tell you the no. day of. No, you, I did oh, tell well, you. you I told well, you, you days showed- before. You show you showed it to me before you put it on social media, but like correct, correct. you say you had already finished it, and I was like weeping, like only a sentimental Irishman could do. Yeah. So for the people who are listening to this podcast, they're like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Um, I made a uh, announcement, like a, a what's it called? A um, it's an a, announcement, dude. It's an announcement. It's the word for it. Yes. All right. We'll introduce that third voice in a second. No. (laughs) Because of that correction, she's going to wait on the introduction. Uh, But just just for context, uh, we we took like the the uh, the uh, music festival lineup, and we replaced all like real band names with uh, baby puns and and made up stupid names. So good. It's very good. So I will say that hopefully, Bill. Uh, I'll send you the original and you maybe can post it on the, the pop break Instagram or something. And then people can check it out because it's uh, it's music adjacent and we can't, we don't have a, a socially distant social media account. So yeah. And and we already had a sad cella episode last week. So that's true. So uh, I guess we got to introduce the third voice that showed. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, special guest this week, uh, the comic book editor of the pop break.com, Rachel Freeman, Rachel, my favorite people. Hello, thank you. Thank you for that wonderful and delayed by like five minutes introduction. Well, you should not have made fun of me not being able to come up with the word announcement. <laughs> you would have been able to come into the episode sooner. But yeah. thanks for coming. Rachel also, because we, as we've mentioned before, we do this over video. Uh, Rachel is wearing a knockoff pop break shirt. There's no official pop break shirt, by the way. There isn't. Because I'm cheap. Because um, I pay for everything. Is uh, but no, she went to a comic con, made the shirt herself. I'm sure I owe her money and a cheeseburger. Nah, uh, cheeseburgers, I'll take. You know, oh, I just grilled, but I will I always, I will never turn down food. <laughs> uh, I, gr- I grilled a mean cheeseburger today, guys. It was a Bubba burger. Got the cheese melted just right. God bless America. 
Uh, Rachel, thank you for joining us on this uh, mess of a podcast that we've oh, created. Fucking train wreck. Uh, so how have you been during quarantine? I feel like this is like month nine, but it's probably like more like year seven. Five? So it's been, uh, so I'm already like a pretty antisocial person. Um, so like when it was announced that like I had to stay home, I wasn't like, too bummed out about it um (laughs) (laughs) but there are definitely you know there are definitely things i miss being able to do um but i've just been uh i was working from home for a bit there was some stuff that happened with the company unfortunately so some of us had to get furloughed which you know comes with the territory of a pandemic Mm -hmm. but outside of that um i've been playing way too much animal crossing and that's pretty much been What's on the goddamn Animal Crossing? Listen, first of all, I've been on Animal Crossing since the GameCube, so oh, I know shit. all about my Animal Crossing. Oh shit! You um, dropped it in GameCube. I reference. just like wake up, play some Animal Crossing, do some chores, play some more Animal Crossing. What, uh, what's really keeping me going right now? What's like the uh, what's like the elevator pitch for like why people should check out Animal Crossing? Because I see it all over like social media, like people. It's it's actually. I never seen Animal Crossing in like meme form before, so like this new Animal Crossing has sparked a lot of memes and stuff. So you want to know the what, elevator what's... pitch? It's you're fucking home during a pandemic. What else are you do? <laughs> well, there's no, one. But that's the that's the elevator pitch for everything. <laughs> what's what's so, what's the animal uh, the Animal Crossing one? So the elevator pitch that I always give people outside of the pandemic is uh, it's like real life, but you're better at it um, okay. because you have like debts you have to pay but to pay off those debts you just like fish and pick fruit and catch bugs and then you pay off your debt i paid off a two million dollar house debt in like a week so fuck wow so i wish i could could fish and pay off my wife's law school debt jesus yeah right so you're like you feel like really good like paying off these debts um i always say too that uh tom nook is the ultimate video game super villain because you never beat him yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just you just eventually pay him off, but like ultimately, like he won. He won. <laughs> he beat you. Well, we That's also want to say that Rachel uh, is our second furthest in distance uh, guest coming us from Pittsburgh. Correct. Mm-hmm. Steel City, home of the Permanthe Brothers. Basically, that's all I got not, outside of wrestling that, references. Not that great. And if the you, Steel. If you come. And the Steelers, yeah. yeah. And if you and if you come to Pittsburgh and you eat at a Permani Brothers and you think that it's going to be great, just like lower those hopes down because it's not that great. That Anthony think, Bourdain was full of shit. I was going to say my is I, I could be wrong here, but wasn't the Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. Pittsburgh? Yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my brother's friends um, got to go to it, and it was really funny because the day that it came out. We all went to the theater here because it was like a huge deal because they were like, oh, it was filmed in Pittsburgh and all these people came. And we were sitting with my brother and his friends who had been at the, the thing. They were extras. And they were talking about how annoying it was because I guess the kid that sang during like the football stadium thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he kept messing up and they were talking about like, they were bitching about it and they were like, this fucking kid, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy comes in and he's like, all right, everybody sit down. He's all this announcement. And the kid was there like two rows away from us. Oh, <laughs> and we were like, bah. 
That's uh, my friend was uh, my, one of my best friends who who actually works on he's uh, he works on some Netflix cartoons. He was a PA on the film The Good Shepherd, which was De Niro directed it, Matt Damon Matt starred Damon. in it, and it was they had a scene in a movie theater. His job was to keep because they were filming it so late and there was a lot of like senior citizens in the film uh, in this movie theater scene. He had to sit underneath the seats with a, a dowel, like a stick, and basically whack people in the ankle to keep them awake. That's how these big group scenes work, because you're just there for hours upon hours. And he's just like, he's like, here I am, just honestly like, whack to that person. It's just like some like 85-year-old guy who's just like snoring in the middle of the theater. So I think the white, the person who caught the ball, I think that was Heinz Ward, I want to say. Yes. Yes, Heinz Ward. Uh, and the, he, he was basically like, they were. it was like a, uh, I think it was even the Steelers colors, right? It, it was, was, I it was like the, I like, uh, it was like the throwback Steelers colors. Yeah, exactly. And wow. Then, what a tangent as usual. Yes. Fuck it. This is socially distanced. This is what we got to do, guys. That's right. Al, uh, are you drinking from some sort of. From Animal Crossing to Steelers. Are you That's drinking right. some sort of fruit flavored wine? I. Bill, it's exactly what I'm drinking. So um, you, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my local winery that lives dangerously close to my house, uh, Old York Cellars. You constantly post there from Instagram. And they make a amazing peach wine. It's like a dessert wine that I absolutely love. I'm telling you right now, this thing, like I could drink a whole bottle and it's the it's the best thing ever. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking the rest of that from another night that I was drinking because it's, you know. Uh, every day is the same, and it's just one long binge at this point. I was uh, I was waiting for it because I I heard all about the blueberry wine, and I was yeah. like, if Al doesn't he have was, a fruit was, wine, I'm gonna be disappointed. He was <laughs> fucked after that we, one glass. You know what? We say that, and I never actually re-listened to the episode, so I'm probably oh, pretty you, sh- you should, you should, because <laughs> you I, were you were gone. <laughs> I feel like I was more tired than drunk, but no, then I say that no, all the I, time. I, you say that, what, Rachel? What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking um, Voodoo Ranger. It is a IPA, and uh, that's all I know about it. Is that I got an IPA variety pack because I was at. I had to go to Sheets the other day to get milk. Sheets. Sheets. So Pennsylvania. That's right. I know. <laughs> but I had to go there. There's one right down the road from us, and I had to go to get milk, so it's convenient because, like, we can go get that. And I was like, well, they just started selling beer at the Sheets in Pennsylvania recently because uh, Pennsylvania is a Quaker state. But they, like I said, they just started selling beer recently, and I was there to get milk. And so I was like, might as well since I'm out. Risking my immune system to get milk anyway, and uh, Voodoo Ranger sounded good. So that's like, um, that's like my the, town. the variety pack, like the stuff on it, like the different flavors and stuff. I was like, that sounds good. I've never had this before. You like, know, Voodoo Ranger sounds like a Power Ranger that never existed. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, my town, New Belgium. Oh my, my town, my town is one of the rare towns in New Jersey where uh, the convenience store is also alcohol because, like. We had like a ton of bars that went out of business and all these convenience stores bought the liquor licenses. So I like took a bunch of my friends to my local Krausers and they're like, oh my God, like right next to the, to the light bulbs and the granola bars is Jameson. And I'm like, welcome to the Nirvana that is my town. (laughs) See, I'm used to that because being from West Virginia, um, we're, I live in Pennsylvania now, but from West Virginia, 
And there is alcohol everywhere in West Virginia. Sophie Bod Sophie Bod can just <laughs> Sophie Bod can just enter Thunderdome, so we'll be oh, here shortly. Um before we get into the first topic of the night, uh Rachel, I have to ask you the most important question I can ask. Wawa or sheets? Oh, so that's tough because I didn't have I actually didn't have Wawa until I went to Philadelphia for PAX Unplugged. And oh, then, okay. So there's not one like in Pittsburgh, or is that not a Pittsburgh not, thing? Not near me, at least. Um, okay. So I can't say for the rest of Pittsburgh, but where I'm at in Cranberry, uh, I have not been around one. So for me, for me, I want to say Sheets because, in my experience, Sheets has been more convenient because I've been around it more. Mm -hmm. But also, like if you're feeling fancy, then I would go to Lala. Yeah, that's it's funny. Wawa is not something fancy to me, but there is no the alternative is Quick Check, and I am a very anti Quick Check, which is like basically I don't even know same, what that is. It's like the same concept. Uh, I hope anyone who's outside of Jersey and Philly and Pennsylvania listening to this is just like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think this is a great time as any to go into our first topic. As we wait for um, Bill to, to wrangle uh, his child, the uh, first topic, as always, seriously, what the fuck? This week, seriously, what the fuck? We're talking about streaming again. We're talking about another platform. This isn't some new platform that has been uh, announced. This was actually announced, I believe, uh, earlier last year mm -hmm. uh, called HBO Max, which uh, for those who uh, don't know just from the name itself, uh, obviously this is HBO's streaming service, but in reality it's Warner's streaming service. Warner, Warner Media. Media. Warner Media owns HBO amongst a bunch of other things. I believe, I think the Max also comes from Cinemax, if, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely Question mark? Great. So I'm it's a combination. Lying, by the way. I have no you idea. Guys, I was going to say, you guys could be totally making up this information. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's correct. I, I will double check on that. But HBO Max is the uh, the, the Warner Media streaming service that's coming out. They uh, This week they had just announced um, the official release date for that, uh, which is at some point during this year, May 27th, as I find it on my phone. Um, the reason I want to, to talk about it for – this week is um, a few reasons. One, we've talked about Quibi a couple episodes ago, um, about all of these different streaming services available. Um, it, it may be the worst time to start a streaming service because of the amount of competition. On the other hand, Warner Media owns everything, and we'll get into what they own, and Bill can go into a little more detail about uh, all the properties that oh, that, that HBO is <laughs> oh, I just I just thought you knew off the top of your head, but we could definitely uh, yeah, all right. so, yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> so but there's a lot of other factors at play here. There's a there's a price point that Bill and I think is just outrageous compared to um, you know the competition. It's that, rough. It's rough. And we'll we'll uh, definitely it's ridiculous that. is what it is. Um, Although Quibi didn't do uh bad, by the way. I saw an article that came out that said it had 2.7 million downloads within the first week or so. That's not bad. I thought it did really bad in terms of, uh, like, compared to, to Disney+. Plus. 
Well, anything's going to do bad compared to Disney anything. That was, it didn't have the Mandalorian, so, you know, that's true. Um, but yeah, I do so, have, I, I'm glad we're talking about this week because I, I, I do have a lot of opinions about this. So. Oh, good. Perfect. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's, let's just get right into it. So, uh, Bill, I'm going to just throw it to you. And if you're not ready, I can also just throw it back to myself. But uh, just 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 give like a, a rough outline of pre any new things. What what can people expect by just logging into HBO Max in terms of content? So what you can get is lots of stuff. Uh, you can get the HBO catalog of uh, original series, you know, including Game of Thrones, Sopranos. And all this and Westworld and all the stuff that you have loved and enjoyed over the years and some of the stuff you may have forgotten. Uh, it's not unlike what you can get with an HBO Go and an HBO Now. What's also involved in this, you can get stuff that's owned by Warner Media. You can get the classic Hanna Barbera collection. You can get stuff from Turner, some the Turner Classic Movie Collection. Uh, you can get some of the sports. So you can get uh, shows from uh, what I've read or what my memory can remember you know, conjure up stuff from TNT, TBS and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, there's a couple of things in there that, that are non Warner owned. Like you can get friends. You could also get, uh, Dr. Who, um, trying to think, big bang theory, Rick and Morty, South park. And supposedly a hundred thousand hours of content to stream. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could also get uh, stuff from the DC Universe or DC Films. Studio um, Now, Rachel, this is where I need you to correct me. Uh, Studio Ghibli? I always say Ghibli. Okay. Some people will say Ghibli, but I say Ghibli. Okay. You also get classic movies. Wizard of Oz, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, The Shining, Singing in the Rain, Space, 2001 Space Odyssey, The Goonies. That's kind of cool. Um, like I said, Big Bang Theory. Uh, Friends, big one. You could also get CW dramas like Pretty Little Liars, Batwoman, Riverdale, uh, and their spinoff, Katie Keene, The French, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The West Wing. Um, and plus you have some original content. We're gonna uh, we we'll yeah. we'll skip that for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying uh I'm just looking through this article real quick. Yeah, everything else is like new stuff you can get. But I'm for me personally, I am a huge I'm hugely interested in the Doctor Who catalog that they have coming up. And for anyone who's on video right now, ladies and gentlemen, Sophie Bodkin, who is putting a quarter in my eye. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, th thank you, Bill, for reading off that article. Um <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean we can't say that that's not impressive. The you know Right now, my my uh, my mom pays for HBO now, and it's fourteen ninety nine a month, fourteen ninety nine a month. So already, this is a huge upgrade. And for people who are already subscribed to HBO now, they would automatically get um, the HBO Max. It would just kind of roll over. And um, as someone who was interested but was very hesitant to pull the trigger on DC Universe. Um, it seems that that's going to kind of be rolled in. I've seen some, uh, I think, uh, I think in the trailer they showed, uh, shows like doom patrol would be on there. And, um, you know, then you have the entire CW universe, the Arrowverse. So the price point is starting to make more sense to me at 1499, but it just, it's crazy to think about that 
Disney Plus is cheaper. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, NBC is going to be coming out with their streaming service, which will be their, the, another rival to this. And they're going to have a free option. Peacock, and they're going to have a free option that's going to be an involved ad. So if you're already watching Hulu with ads, you already have that kind of experience anyway. So Um, fun question real quick, Al. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just because I actually didn't really see much information about this, um, so maybe you know. I know that HBO Now is connected. Is it going to connect HBO Go? Like if you already have an HBO Go account? So from what I understand is HBO Now would cease to exist question mark and just roll over into this i feel like go would be in the same boat okay do you do you know how much you pay for go i don't because that's one that uh, same situation as you where my parents have that so i have hbo through them i have all of us have like i have a big family and obviously like I said I was antisocial earlier, but I do have friends. And all of us, we have a ring of people who all have different streaming services. So um, we all pay for different things and share them with each other. But HBO is one that my parents pay for. So I'm not sure what they have for that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, my my parents, my sister, and myself, we kind of just – uh, you know, buy all the different platforms and then share them amongst each other. I think the complete opposite of what these uh, companies want you to do. Mm-hmm. They want you to just have a million accounts. But I think, uh, yeah, with like Disney Plus, you can have like so many profiles. And I'm like, I only have like three people in the house. And one of them is my wife. And the other one is my child, who's like a little over one. So I don't think they all need their own profile. Um, Listen, so yeah. Parker's got his shit he's got to watch. Yeah, he's got his <laughs> Mickey Mouse, he's got his Mickey Mouse clubhouse uh, and his uh, DuckTales that I force him to watch. Yeah. Um, but all he cares about, and I've mentioned it a million times on this show, is this uh, is this show on Netflix that was uh, created by this couple in, uh, in England called Little Baby Bum. And... I can only describe it as like, what if you took Microsoft Paint and try to make like animation out of it and then put nursery rhymes to it? And that is what it is. It's hell. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. And he's <laughs> he's completely obsessed. That sounds like it's directly targeted at one year old. Oh, my God. It's he's like a, he's like a hypnotized by it because he'll go up to the TV and be like, Baba. And then he'll take the remote and hand it to me, like, put this on, asshole. I want to watch it. <laughs> Let me look at colors, damn it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very bright colors. And I said nursery rhyme, so. Uh, but yeah, let's let's go into some of the originals. So um, there's some exciting stuff that's um, that HBO Max is going to try to deliver. Uh, one of which is a anthology series called Love Life with Anna Kendrick. Uh, who doesn't love Anna Kendrick? Um, I feel like she also has an original Quibi show, if I'm not mistaken. So she's just fucking everywhere. And she but, was one of the first on Disney Disney Plus. You're right with uh, Noel. Yep. Um, and then, uh, but it's actually Kevin. Uh, not Kevin. Jesus Christ. Uh, Anna Kendrick and Paul Feig um, that uh, are creating the show, mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the originals. Another one is a documentary film called On the Record. Um, and then I do have, love my documentaries. So. Yes, supposedly I, I, this one was so controversial that Oprah Winfrey pulled out of this. Yeah, so I'm wondering why. That makes uh, me want to watch it even more. Here, here's the one that I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. 
And it is a new late show, but it's hosted by Elmo. I saw that and I was like, I kind of really want to watch that. Like, yeah. even as an adult without kids, like, yeah. I know you both at least have kids, so you have the excuse of, like, my child, but I'm like, I just really want to see this late show with Elmo. My son just learned how to say Elmo. So this is pretty exciting. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then uh, and then we get into the the real heavy hitters. So J.J. Abrams signed an exclusive deal with Warner Media for uh, just to produce television shows. Um, we just talked about this on TV break. We did right on our TV podcast. I was- <laughs> so it's going to be the Duster. It's going to be Justice League Dark, and it's going to be a Shining Universe. Uh, prequel called Overlook. Yes. Um, can I can I say controversial opinion real quick? Um, hit it. I'm just I I get a little concerned now if J.J. Abrams is doing a DC thing. I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think this thing will exist. And if it does, maybe at best it'll be a cartoon. Which one? Uh, Justice League Dark. It should be a cartoon because one thing DC does well when it comes to movies and cinematics is animated series. I would love a Justice League Dark cartoon. I don't know that I would love the Justice League Dark live action series. Like well, I, the- I, I liked Constantine, the show with Matt Ryan, who we've interviewed on thepopbreak.com. But like, ago. was that? I said long time ago. Long time ago. You, you did the interview. I know. Uh, and uh, it, like I love that show, but it's like there's nothing about that show. It's just like Swamp Thing failed as a series on DC Universe. Constantine failed on NBC. Like, what's really drawing that show? I mean, like, what's the draw for well, anyone I, to give a well, shit that's about? Why, Justice that's League? why I think that Justice League Dark would be good. That's why I think it would be good as an animated series, though, because everybody was excited when Young Justice came back. Right. Because Young Justice was fantastic. Teen Titans was fantastic. Teen Titans Go! has its fan base. Um, I love it. Obviously, Superman animated series, Justice League animated series, Batman animated series. They are so good at animated series. Like, that's DC's niche. And so I think a Justice League Dark animated series would be great. I highly doubt that's what J.J. Abrams is going to be involved in in an animated series. I... Well, to to rebuttal two of the things that Bill said was, um, of I don't course, think it, I have to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't agree with either of the statements because Constantine failed because NBC doesn't know what to do with their content. Oh, I agree. And and CW took Matt Ryan because they're like, this guy's a great Constantine, and they brought him into um, the Arrowverse and. Uh, legends of tomorrow and he's still there like he's still doing the legend stuff and everyone loves him he's a fan favorite and everyone's basically saying like hey if they're gonna do a justice league dark show they need to get matt ryan as constantine because he's perfect and then with swamp thing the problem was everyone liked the show but the show was canceled before the first season ended because they didn't want to pay they didn't want to pay to do another season because it's kind of reality in some respects yeah like you have two characters from notoriously failed series in another series. So you could see people be like, and DC, when it comes to live action stuff, DC isn't always like, it doesn't have the best track record. They're real hit and miss. They're good with it. Listen, if the CW, but I think that's another thing. They have to do a hard R justice league dark. And that trailer has to be like Watchmen was 
Like, it has to knock your socks off. Listen, like, I, I, I'm I agree mad. with that. I agree, because I'm still mad that we didn't get the Guillermo del Toro Justice League Dark. That oh, was in which would have been amazing. And if that had been out the gates for HBO Max, if we had heard Guillermo del Toro, which is what we talked about, Alex and Josh and I said, if for HBO Max, if Guillermo del Toro, it was announced, he is producing Justice League Dark for HBO Max, people would be 1,000% on board with it. Well, but you have, again, you have to admit, J.J. Abrams kind of put a pretty big scratch on his record. What do you mean? With his DC stuff. Did he do DC stuff? Yeah, technically. But do tell, Rachel. Didn't J- Am I wrong? Didn't J.J. Abrams do Batman Superman? No, you're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Zack Snyder. Oh, wow. Okay. Then no. But, but, but. Because that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, didn't he do Batman vs. Superman? With but. Fun fact. Sorry, JJ. It's no, not going to be a fun fact, by the way. It is a fun fact, <laughs> and this is a this is a guarantee fun fact. Years ago, JJ Abrams wrote a script for a Superman film called Superman. Uh, I think it's called Flyby, and it was going to be a Superman origin story kind of film, like a retelling of the origin, kind of like okay. Superman Birthright, um, the the comic series, uh, and. That was pre Superman Returns, like that was that was gonna be what we got instead of Superman Returns, and I, I was always wondered what that would have been. And J.J. Abrams is not a stranger to uh, you know the comic books universe. Him and his son are currently writing a Spider Man series for Marvel uh, called Spider Man, and it's pretty good actually. It's like a, what an original title. Well, <laughs> listen, if you get well, like to I Spider Man series, what are you gonna call it? <laughs> Like I said, I uh, literally confused it with someone completely different. I don't know. Go. I don't know why I was. I don't know why I thought I was JJ Abrams, but I really did. So of the three that he he was announced for, to me, um, Duster, which is like a '70s crime drama about a getaway <laughs> driver. Sounds super interesting. That Reminds sounds really neat. That's hell or high water, and that's the type of show that could be a huge hit for HBO. Like I'm not talking about just Max, but like if that was on HBO. That could be a huge series. Again, Overlook to me is like, I'm kind of like, eh. He's doing it already. He did it. He's doing it right now with Castle Rock. Like, why yeah, do we have to do the something same writers, else? too. And it's, mm-hmm. just, yeah. it's because Castle Rock, I don't know, I think is might be down on Hulu. So it's like, you know, a season one was had a strong start, okay finish. And season two, I only I started a little bit of it, but that didn't really get a ton of hype behind it. Mm-hmm. But it was good, and I got to do an interview. So Yeah, who'd you interview? You interviewed the the lead guy. The, um, yeah, I know exactly who you meant. Because if we, we say who he really is, that spoils so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah it's... Um, I did. And the interview is on Paprika.com. But yeah, there Castle Rock was, uh, yeah, Castle Rock was great. Yeah, and, yeah but, I, so I, I mean, like, I, like I love Doctor Sleep. I thought that was super underrated. Like, that is a really mm-hmm. fun movie to watch. Uh, Rachel, did you see that one? I did not. Oh, I, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's yeah. it's like it didn't do well at the box office because I think people were like, eh, a sequel to Shining, really. But it it really it's a very good it's a very good film. Um, now I'm just rereading that that the piece that. We were kind of uh, referencing here. Did you guys go um, over the price point? Because I was dealing with. Uh, we did, but we'll we'll get back to it in a second. Yeah, because young Sophie Vodkin had a lot of questions during my my absence. <laughs> now, now, 
it says he's doing a show set in the Justice League Dark universe. Oh. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean a Justice League Dark show. Listen, mm-hmm. if it's a J.J. Abrams pursu- produced Z- Zatanna show. Well, she's supposed oh, it's, it's I'm so in. Zatanna. That would be the, amazing. The, right. The, the cast that I've seen, the cast of characters that I can remember off the top of it is like Zatanna. It's Swamp Thing. It's um, Constantine. Constantine. It's Dead Man. Yes. Yeah. And there's Dead another Man. one. I so memorable. I can't even remember. But those four were definitely involved in it. I just a think Zatanna that- focused show would be amazing. It would be warranted. Like yeah. she's such an underrated character. From the creator producer of Alias comes Zatanna. Zatanna, oh my god! It would be I actually amazing. think that would work as Let's, a better. Yeah. I think that would work as a better series than Justice League, Justice League Dark, though. No, I say you start you you introduce the universe like a J.J. Abrams produced um, uh, Zatanna series, right? Yeah, In set, I agree. Set within the universe, you introduce all the characters within it, and then you could do a Justice League Dark movie directed by Del Toro. Boom. Mm-hmm. Flips laptop leaves. Boom. I hope I hope uh Al gets some money whenever they steal his idea. Will not. But that'd be great. <laughs> not gonna happen. That that's what I would like to see. I still don't think it's gonna happen. Me either. But that'd be I great. am intrigued by the Bourdain documentary though. That's oh that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that would be I think that'd be good. Um, and, uh, I know they said that I Reese Witherspoon um uh there's some sh- stuff from her production company. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, um, because she's just been a gold mine for HBO, and now I I believe that Hulu series was produced by her. Uh oh yeah, uh, uh Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it, which, but yeah, which it's... I've heard I've heard good things. Uh, but we'll get back to the price point because Bill, you were you missed out a little bit on the conversation. We yeah. were talking about how it's costing fifteen dollars a month, and I was a, a you know a little hesitant there because of. The other streaming services that are available at uh, cheaper prices, whether it's, you know, you can get Disney Plus, uh, Hulu with ads and ESPN Plus for like twelve ninety nine. Um, you know, Netflix is around like the twelve dollar mark. Uh, NBC P- uh, Peacock is going to be free with ads as like a starter. And then I'm sure um, as you pay more, you get less ads or whatever. Prime. And then you got Amazon Prime. Uh, we can just keep going on and on for about an hour. Yeah, Crunchyroll, Funimation. There you go. All the anime streaming. Yeah, the anime streaming exclusives. Independent wrestling TV. There we go. Just to annoy Al with that. No, you're good. That's part of where my problem comes from is the price point because it's it's 15, right? Basically. 15? Basically 15. And the main thing that I was excited about when HBO Max was announced was that it's going to be the first streaming service to have all of the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier. And of course, me as an anime fan, I was like, oh my god, Studio Ghibli. But it's like, I'm not going to pay $15 a month for half of the movies I have on DVD. I just like the idea that they're available to stream and I think that that's great. Um, so like, that's kind of one of my big issues with it is that um studio ghibli movies are kind of like already more expensive and not as available and so this service that costs a lot more than other services suddenly gets studio ghibli movies and you know i feel like that's going to be a big draw for people 
again, because they have these movies that are not as readily available. But it's also very like problematic and frustrating for me as a consumer because like I have all of these other anime services. Like I watch so much anime and the anime services I watch that are cheaper than HBO Max don't have the Studio Ghibli movies. Now, my question is, and I I could be completely wrong here because I'm not as big a fan, but aren't those films the the American like uh, like the overseas technically us? Isn't that produced by Disney? Like, am I losing my mind? Some of them, I think. Some of them, but Ghibli's based. They're they're based in Japan. No, I know that. But when they come here, like I remember seeing, or actually, I think I own the VHS copy of Kiki's Delivery Service. Am I mixing things up here in terms of types of anime movies? Because I remember that being like a Walt Disney presents something. Like I thought they brought those movies out. They like, might have for the U.S. I don't. I don't really remember whenever they first started coming out. They might have been involved in first bringing them out, but they're definitely not the current like owners. Got for it. The, even for the English licensure. Okay, um, that makes sense. Because my question was, why aren't these films on Disney Plus? And I'm, I'm kind of looking. Some of them were. Um, I'm looking. At, some of them were distributed by Disney in the U.S. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, great. yeah, that's what I mean. Like they probably came over that way, but they aren't like owned. Yeah, I Disney. never thought they were owned, but I knew that Disney at least like distributed them because. But it's crazy because, think- like, if you think about like the streaming wars right now, like, like we're talking about Friends. Yeah, and that was an NBC product, but that's going to be on HBO Max, not on, Pe- Pe- not on Peacock. Yeah, you because would think they, because they paid big old money. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just gonna, it's just big ass money being mm-hmm. paid out. And Al, even without, um, even without the ownership, the fact that Disney was involved, and the fact that a lot of Ghibli yeah. movies are directed at that kind of audience, you'd mm-hmm. think that that would be. A Disney, like Studio Ghibli movies, are something that I would see Disney wanting 100%. to have. Yeah. Like those are very, that's very appropriate for that demographic, it, like it, family, it, you know. Yeah, but I mean, we don't. I don't know what Studio Ghibli. Was. I don't know the money game. Yeah, now. it's like it's like they might <laughs> like HBO Max might throw like crazy money, and Disney's like, you know what? We got like sixty to a hundred years worth of our own stuff to promote. We don't need. Yeah. It. We don't need it. I say, I say, if the Fox deal didn't happen, we probably would have saw a Studio yeah. Libby on on uh, oh, Disney yeah. Plus. One hundred percent, I think. But I think I hate yeah. this. I hate this price point for HBO Max because you I, also have the you also have the complications, which you guys may have talked about already. Of HBO Go, and HBO Now. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, we brought yeah, we were yeah. Well, like, it's like how are you merging that? Like they what's just, happening there? Like. You, you, the, the it, if you read into it a little more, they said that some subscribers, I'm guessing, depends on the tiered or level or whatever. If you already have an HBO uh, HBO Go or HBO Max sub- subscription, you would roll over into an HBO Max. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of confusion. I don't think so. I think I think no no no. I'm, I, I'm talking for me. I'm talking about. Like, you're going to see confusion amongst the masses. So when it comes to oh, HBO's rollout, it's going to be like, yeah. dude, I mean, we're talking about people who are injecting fucking like disinfectant in their veins. Yes. This is going to be yeah. a huge. Yeah. Uh, people mar- are not going to get this. Like it's, the, yeah. it's, like, I don't, I think the marketing push for HBO max is going to like rival Disney plus. 
Disney I've Plus seen it, went and it's fine. I'm I saying- also have Al, you brought this up, so I know you're gonna want to touch on it. Sure. I also have. I think there's going to be a conflict with the whole DC universe versus HBO yeah. Max. Like, um, again, this is another thing where my friend got DC universe. So that's how I have access to it. But it's like, that was kind of one of DC universe's big draws was it was supposed to have comics and this exclusive content. And it's like, Wait, well, now I have to, to go to HBO Max to, well, he- here's the official word is HBO Max and DC universe relationship is still being worked out that's meaning they don't know they probably put this money into dc universe hoping that it was going to be like the next big thing it didn't really take off i remember the marketing push for it during comic-con and like you know the original program it's everything sounded great and i honestly thought that the comic book audience would have embraced it more for the aspect that you can start reading comics through the platform to be honest i didn't even know that was the thing i just knew i just knew it was you're gonna get doom patrol you're gonna get titans yeah and uh was there a batman series too or um there was no that's through titan no because that yeah because uh batwoman was through cw yeah, yes. but now Stargirl is going to be through DC Universe. Maybe it was the Batman animated series? No, you know what the whole thing was? It was like Robin was like, fuck Batman. That was. Oh, the- yeah. Was and then it was that like was Jorah Mormont was Batman. And that was I was great. like, all right, I can, I that's can, good I can go with that. That's good um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's you're like, they did not think this out, man. Like, there yeah. should, there, there needed to be a logical simple rollout for your DC universe subscriber. It'd be rolled into HBO max or you'll have access to it. Same thing with HBO. Now HBO go. It's all been very vague. They've been, they're trying so hard as much as I love DC. They're trying so hard to follow like Marvel's plan but Marvel did it the right way where they had their, they had their separate comic subscription service. And then you also have the Marvel movies and Marvel series that are already on Disney plus. So now DC is like DC universe with shows. And now it's like, they regret that decision. So now they're trying to do like just the comics and then the show separate. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. And it's like, why do you have to make everything so difficult? Yeah. I honestly, (laughs) I kind of wish Disney would, take a note from DC and actually integrate the comics into the Disney plus experience because I, but I don't that know. Get, Sorry. That would get kids to read more comics because the but whole did, point is that kids are not own, reading them. Do they yeah. own the Marvel comics imprint or they, they just own, own the they Marvel have, They studio. have some of them, not I, own them, but there's some like, um, there are like young Marvel, like there's stuff for like kids that yes. is Disney owned, not, not Marvel per se, but Disney has kids comics. And yeah. Marvel has kids comics. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. like Al was saying, like that would be a very good direct for hey, here's these Disney shows, and now that you've watched the show, here's the comic yeah. that follows it more. It's not like the Fox deal where they just own Fox uh 20th Century Fox. They literally own Marvel. They own everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they own, do own the imprint. They do, yes. Okay. I thought it was just yeah. the Marvel Studios type. No, 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 they they own they own the the whole enchilada, as they say in the industry. 
they don't say that in the industry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some people might backwards. Uh, uh, but I think well, HBO Max, man, oof, you are coming out at the wrong time at the yeah. wrong price point. Absolutely, um, and I, I think that's a that's a good way to end it, Bill. I think that's a perfect perfect segue into uh, our next segment. Uh, it's a slice of fried gold. Yeah, boy. This this week's slice of fried gold um, is uh, something I sent to Bill earlier this week on the Facebook Messenger. Uh, something that surprised me um, was that uh, Seinfeld coming out with a new Netflix special. That's not surprising. He already had a Netflix. What is a series? Uh, no, in a card. Meetings in cards. The the thing that surprised me, and I have to double check this. This is not his first special in 13 years because he had a special on Netflix before. Mm, no, I think they just, I think they just, I think they just revamped. Yeah, I think they re-released something. Yeah, so I'm going to question Bill for the first time of many times to come. Oh, okay. uh, like, first off, that's a lie. Uh, on the podcast. Oh, well, that is that is factually correct then. <laughs> I don't know anything about Seinfeld, so I'm just going to take her teeth too. Other than the fact that I did watch the uh, the promo and um, thought it looked interesting, so yes, so um, Netflix is coming out with a, a new Jerry Seinfeld uh, comedy special called Twenty Three Hours to Kill. He released a trailer. That was pretty great. It was like a, a James Bond esque like yeah, trailer. Like trailer. Yeah, where he's kind of not only paying homage to like classic Bond, but at the same time he's like questioning the motives of like the bad guy, um, which is very very Seinfeld esque. Um, recorded at the Beacon Theater, which I think he basically had a like a residency he there because yes. he's, he's always there. Um, he's like and, um, because the the. A little inside baseball, I guess. The Beacon Theater is owned by the same people who own Madison Square Garden, so they like to do residencies like uh, Billy Joel's at the Garden every month, which, Al, you have shot, I believe, twice. And um, he you shot also, Billy Joel twice? He shot Billy, Billy Joel twice. Billy Joel twice. I'm so jealous. I, did, I got my in-laws tickets to uh, see Billy Joel at the Garden, and Tony Bennett showed up. Where are my tickets for when I get married? Hopefully next year. Okay. Wait, uh, listen, uh, me, like that's a conversation for outside the podcast, and <laughs> uh, let okay. me, and let me see what I can do. I, uh, I found I found the details. So in 2017, he had a special called Jerry before Seinfeld, which was all old material. Ah. Uh, but it was all material. I think old material that was never filmed. So it was technically. <laughs> It was old jokes that he was bringing out for the first time. This is his first new special in 22 years. Yes. Which is crazy. Because I think he had an album out, I think. Yes. And of course, he has Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which was first on Crackle, which is, I think, still a thing. It still is. I get get press releases about Crackle. Yeah, that's a a Sony. uh, Sony My friend produced a. uh, What was it? Oh, I can't even remember the damn name of the show. My friend produced it. Was done by uh, the guys who did uh, Seth Seth Green's company. Did oh, uh, Robot Chicken. Uh, the, the the guys who do Robot Chicken, but it was Brian Cranston, right? And Seth Green. Yes. Yes. So something we interviewed. 
them for the show, but we don't remember the show's name. Yeah, I, I don't remember it at all. Oh, Mostly man. because they they did not treat my friend very well. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. So I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not even gonna give them their name, so you can yeah. find it. That's uh, it. But that's yeah. how we get. That's how we get them back. But let's talk about Jerry. Uh, I'm excited for this. I, you know what? To be blunt, I did not watch Seinfeld when it first came out because I mean, I'm holding them both for you, so I would have seen it when it first came out. My dad did not like it. Excuse me. So we didn't watch it. But my father-in-law is a diehard fan. So I've seen the series much later, and it's hilarious. And I remember his uh, album, The Comedian, I want to say it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, That, I loved it. And I didn't even watch the trailer for this. Because I'm already in. I'm there. Um, I think his stand-up is is very is really great so i'm like okay cool like and that and netflix has a really strong may ahead of them i know Patton oswald's got one a stand-up mm-hmm. special coming up uncut gems is coming out they got some big movies coming out netflix straight killing it i mean yeah. their stock is more valuable than disney right now which is like insane yeah uh but you know this is i mean it's gonna sound it's sad but like netflix was built for this mm-hmm. that's right and listen, I'm an OG Netflix guy. I was getting the DVDs from people, from them, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Seinfelds, and they've always uh, done right by comedy. I remember they they did the Comedians of Comedy, uh, which is Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn, and a few other people. They're, that tour, they they sponsored it. Uh, Zach mm-hmm. Galifianakis, they sponsored one of his live shows, Live with the Purple Onion. So they've always yeah. been completely in on... Uh, Stand-up comedy. I mean, they did one. Well, they're. I don't know if it came out yet, or it's going to come out with Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. first special. So yeah, man, this Seinfeld one's going to be great. And you forgot probably the the most Chappelle, uh, of course. That I was going to say mm-hmm. the, yeah. the most because uh, you know how I know that because you were always like Chappelle's going to do a Netflix special. I'm like, all right. You <laughs> released, I think, released like four, right? A four or five. I finally convinced my brother-in-law to watch fucking Kate Gorgeous on Netflix. And he's like, oh, oh my God, John Mulaney is the funniest guy alive. And I'm like, yeah. John Mulaney. Two years. I have, I have a signed Kid Gorgeous vinyl that my friend, my friend, my friend went to go uh, to meet him in Brooklyn. He was doing a signing at Rough Trade because he did a vinyl of his, uh, of, of the one that I went to because he did this. the most six, John Mulaney thing I've ever heard in my life. The yeah, sick. Nice. I know, right? <laughs> Street Sparks. He did Kid Gorgeous like six sold out nights, but like eight shows at uh, Radio, Radio City. City. And uh, a, another writer on the show and my cousin, Christian Bischoff. Uh, Who will we, have on this podcast eventually? We bought tickets to the same exact show for – I bought it for my wife. He bought it for his girlfriend, both for Christmas gifts to the exact same show. So then we – and we didn't tell each other. Cool. So do I, do, I, love, do I know the girlfriend I, he bought? I would from? love to see John Mulaney though. I love He's John Mulaney. the best. I've seen him now. I I kicked myself because before he did Cape Gorgeous, he was at a local theater in Red Bank, like a small theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, which where I used to live. State theater, uh, Count Basie Theater. Yeah, he was he was there, and I was like, Bleh. oh, I said State Theater. <laughs> no, Count Basie. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. See, I don't know. I watched a little bit of Seinfeld growing up. I remember my dad watching it. I don't know a whole lot about it there's definitely some quotes i know that are funny i know that jerry seinfeld is a very famous comedian i've seen some of his bits so like i know he's funny 
my thing goes kind of along the lines of what Bill was saying, where like I just haven't seen a Netflix comedy special that I haven't liked yet. Yeah. yeah. Like I've watched several. Chris D'Elia just had a new one. It was hilarious. Watch that too. Yeah. Um, he was on that dumbass show with Whitney Cummings on NBC. He was yeah. the best part. Whitney, of it. I think it was called yeah. Whitney. I, I yeah. tried to forget that even existed outside of him being on it. <laughs> There's um, oh my goodness, is it a uh, Ali Wong? Yes, oh, yeah, Ali Wong is. She had a Netflix special. Like Netflix has yet to, in the Dave Chappelle one, of course. I, granted, I haven't watched every single Netflix comedy special that there is. John, you know, John Mulaney's, but the ones I have watched have been hilarious so i just i just have high confidence just the fact that like netflix comedy specials have not steered me wrong yet but I, again i don't have any bad experience of, of seinfeld i just don't have a lot of experiences with it but just knowing that it's a netflix produced one i'm like it's probably gonna be good uh-huh. and the promo was good i watched the trailer the promo made me laugh um my quick seinfeld ish story is you didn't um, shut up no, no. <laughs> my sign, my my sign. Oh, I'm so sorry. My my um my Seinfeld in terms of uh, uh getting uh, acquainted with the show story is my friend was obsessed with the show, which one? to the point of a, a upcoming an upcoming guest on the show, Ryan DeMarco. Um, Who will no show us so we'll have to do it ourselves? That's true. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, I'm, oh, sorry, guys. That was tonight. I have to work, um, which would be his excuse. But anyway. I have um, a terrible story when I met his new girlfriend, which I will not repeat on the podcast, but Al was there, and I was, I was. so drunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And usually... <laughs> Bill's stories usually start with "I was there and I was so drunk." When it, um, when it comes to you, yeah, it usually that's true. does. It usually does. Right. Uh, but it's so sad that I don't live in New Jersey. I've never so had a desire to live in New Jersey, uh, but like I so love all I love all of you and like Aww. other writers on the site. And I'm like, why am I like the only one that lives super far away? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Uh, our music editor and uh, episode two. Yes, Kat Manos lives in Los Angeles, so you're good. Yeah. She's, and uh, really, I wouldn't even be here if a uh, shout-out to Al for randomly recruiting me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the inside baseball story where Al went to work for a publication, which we're not going to give any press to. Never. Uh, which told Never me. Because, which told because me, all no. of us, when we found out that Al left, like me and several, me personally and several others were like, bye. That same publication That same publication did not hire me, and then told Al I was too old and would not be able to relate to people. Uh, so yeah, big confidence booster. But That's uh, right. Al took a bunch of like asked to borrow uh, a bunch of people from Pop Break to write for them, which I took a lot of shit for for people, um, and then returned the favor like tenfold by bringing like fifteen people. Over, I did, including <laughs> Rachel, did. Sheena, George Heffler, who I'm going to be on his little horror house in Philadelphia podcast eventually. Uh, we recorded it; it's not out yet. Um, I would like to be on his podcast. Te- you te- just just te- hit him up on on Slack or on Facebook. He'll put you on. Don't worry about te- it. Technically, cat too. Yeah, cat too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Your music uh, what's funny too, Al, is while we're on this sidebar tangent, is um this which is the whole podcast. For, yeah, yeah. I know. Which is a. Uh, but my fiance, um, when I would mention Al, 
he'd be like, oh, Al from this website or Al from the pop break? And I'm like, they're the same person. <laughs> Your fiance, who also now writes That's for great. the pop break.com. Who also now writes for the pop break, yeah. So, That's um, but I just always thought it was funny because he'd be like, oh, wait, you mean this Al? And I'm like, no, they're the same Al. I only know one Al. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of people who know a lot of Al's, but, uh, I, 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 I was gonna say I, a, I was gonna say a Seinfeld story, but now it's not even Fuck that it. good. Like, so I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> let's no, go. Let's, well, let's go to compared to how much compliments we just gave you. That's perfect. true. Uh, compliments. That's the most you'll ever get from me in 2020. That's very true. <laughs> Should we go to the next segment that I have to sing? Uh, yeah, uh, Bill. What is the next segment? Music in a time of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just asked you. You didn't have to sing it. Um, so. <laughs> Well, you know I do. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, Rachel, if you have not had a chance to check out this podcast, we don't blame you. No one has. No one So, has. Uh, Music in a Time of Quarantine, uh, it's whatever song, artist, album, uh, spoken word, comedy, whatever you want to say. What, what what have you been listening to in this time uh, to just make you forget that you're living in this time? So, for one, I'm one of those people who, for a lot of background noise, I'll just put on, like, Bones or Psych or like a show just for background noise. Oh, I but, love Bones. Bones is so good. We but, interviewed Emily Deschanel randomly. Oh, one year. oh my God. Way I'm, before you. I'm so jealous. I love her. That's but right. I have been doing, as cliche as it is, because I'm bored and it's quarantine time, I've been doing a Facebook challenge. And the Facebook challenge is a 30 day song challenge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where every day I've been posting a different song based on like whatever the Facebook thing is on this song challenge picture. And honestly, it's made me re-listen to like a lot of music. Like um, today's one was a song that you would want played at your wedding. So I was listening to Nat King Cole today. Oh, and because I, I picked Unforgettable, which of course I was like, hey, Brian, just so you're aware unforgettable by Nat King Cole and like this play at my wedding <laughs> um you know and then yesterday was like a song you like from the 70s and there's been like a song that makes you happy a song that makes you sad and there's just been so much music that I've thought of because of these challenge questions that I've gone back and listened to like I haven't listened to this song in a while or I haven't listened to this artist in a while and it's really like reopened me to a lot of music that I haven't really been listening to, especially because I used to run a whole lot and I don't like to run outside because I have really bad knees. So running on like concrete, especially like is really, really painful. And I would run on the treadmill and I had all kinds of, like I had a playlist I would listen to while I was running. And since I haven't been running because all the gyms have been closed, <laughs> um, I just haven't been listening to music as much. So yeah, basically, this, like, 30-day song challenge has really, like, just revamped me on a ton of music. Uh, what, what are what are some of the other songs uh, that you posted on the challenge? So you said uh, Nat King Cole. What, what, what are Nat King Cole, um, Queen, The Eagles. One song was, like, a song that makes you happy, and I picked Officer Crumpy from West Side Story because I love oh, that song. Yes, <laughs> I was in that musical. Happy. Oh, my, my God. God. There's a there's a cur- there's a curb episode where he keeps singing that and it's really funny, uh, but uh, I'm gonna pick that as so we do in the show notes like what we recommend. That's what I'm gonna link to for your uh, song. Yeah, so uh, notes, which I because I love that song 
and like I said, it just it was like a song that makes you happy. And I was like, this song makes me happy every time I hear it. So I was in a version of West Side Story it was a review where we did Lame. not sing that song. <laughs> and I was a jet. I was like, Wait, you didn't sing that song? No, it was a review, so we only did like the big ones. So uh, and hey, it is, but they didn't do it. Uh, but yeah, hey, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg, that's coming out soon, or uh, <laughs> by soon in the next <laughs> two years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill, what do you have for us? Oh, uh, brother, you know I'm probably going to steal your song. You're not. Uh, I might because on. 420. Now, I listen to jam bands, listen to reggae, listen to a lot of stuff on the regular, but uh, our uh, guest from episode 3, Lucas B. Jones, messaged you and I on 420 and said, guys, Steel Panther's got a new song coming out called Let's Get High Tonight, and I cannot stop listening to that earworm. (laughs) Holy shit. Steel Panther, we have a very long relationship with... um, that band shout out to someone who's not going to listen to this podcast their publicist kevin uh chiamarante who um i'm going to give him a huge shout out too because not only has he been awesome to the site for the last few years but um he also works as an ems uh worker in new york um and is currently working during this madness right now so thank you to him for you know do literally doing the lord's work here um helping people out uh, but he's always been super cool, and I interviewed Michael from the band, the lead singer, uh, on my birthday, and I always remember, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing today? He's like, yeah, I'm just sitting in my bed, thinking about rock and roll, brother, and I never forgot that. Didn't make the interview, never forgot that line. Steel Panther and the Jim Blossoms, basically our house bands. We've yeah. interviewed and shot both those bands so many times. Let's get high tonight. It's just about smoking pot. The video, Chef's Kiss. Perfect. It's one of the less raunchy videos they've done. And if anyone doesn't know what Steel Panther is, uh, they got their break in Vegas, basically doing like an 80s tribute act. Uh, But then they started doing original music and it's just the perfect hair metal of all time. It's great. And it's very funny. But at the same time, it's like, at the same time, it's like a loving satire of 80s metal, but also... Mm -hmm. Great fucking eighties metal. So yeah. let's get high tonight. It's just so good. Find it. It's on Spotify right now. That is my song for this week. I have listened to it easily fifteen to twenty times already. Yeah, uh, just just to go off that huge, insanely huge Steel Panther fan because of Lucas. He got me into I him. I still because haven't seen them live. Fuck. You have to, you absolutely have to when we do live music again Fuck. in twenty nine. When but, people are allowed to put on live shows again, exactly. <laughs> but there's there's so much fun, and 45. yeah, there it's it's satirical in the sense that they're making fun of like '80s hair metal band personas, but yes. at the same time, they're a fucking amazing metal band, like crazy good, mm-hmm. uh, just like musically, they're so talented, and the the live show is like half. Uh, crazy ass rock concert and half like comedy show. They are so freaking funny. Um, it, it's great, and uh, you know, all four of them are math. Yes, all four of them are amazing. Um, but so I, did yeah, did you guys talk about? Did we talk about this recently? Where Michael was? He was in uh, Rockstar. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, Michael Starr, the lead singer, was he's in the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg from like 1999 or something like that. I think yeah, is the year that came out. He's one of he's uh, when when uh, when Mark Wahlberg's character I think is going to audition to to replace the the lead singer of the band. Michael Starr is leaving the audition like he had just had his audition. Whatever. Anyway, and they, um, and they got famous because they were like an LA House of Blues band that like and yeah, like it, tons of rocks, tons of famous people would yeah, come they on were, stage um, with them. They they had another name before Steel yes, Panther. They did, and I don't know what the hell it was. Yeah, it it might come back to me, but they they started as basically a cover band that blew up to be you know to to start up their own band. Um, yeah. That's a great song off, uh, off I think, 2019's uh, Heavy Metal Rules. It's a new video for a yeah. song that, you know, it was their new single. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I, I think that album was solid. Um, and, yeah, go listen to Steel Panther. Go watch the – if you want to feel better about the current situation, go watch the Steel Panther uh, music video. Just go go deep dive on YouTube because the, the music videos are hilarious. Like uh, – uh, Party Likes the End of the World or Death to All But Metal, which has uh, – um, what's her name in it? Uh, famous Comedian. Doesn't narrow it down. Gosh, it's actually, I'm sorry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to irritate me now. I was going to say there's actually a, a few famous female comedians at this point. <laughs> Sarah, Amy, it's not Amy Schumer, is it? It's Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Uh, uh, that's the one I don't like, yeah. Uh, oh, She's really good at it, though. But anyway, you'll you'll actually love them. They told me this story when I interviewed them, how they went to Chad Kroger from Nickelback's mansion. And yeah, underneath his mansion is a full-on hockey arena. That sounds so Chad Kroger. And they're they're good friends with him. He's on one of their songs. Yeah. And um, the, the woman who's on the song is, like, his assistant who basically her job, which is just bringing sacks of weed to him at all times. That's... Amazing. Allegedly. 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 Um, and, and also you can go down a deeper rabbit hole of like seeing live shows because a lot of like famous people are huge fans of them. Obviously, one of the bigger ones is Rob Riggle, the comedian. He's been in uh, – he brings them in to do stuff for the NFL. Yes, constantly. Which is awesome. And then uh, there's a great video um, that Lucas showed me of a, a show where Kelly Clarkson – is oh. in the crowd and she's right. and she's wasted and she's with her boyfriend at the time, which was the lead singer of Yellow Card, and because he was the fan. We've I also think, interviewed so many times, right? Um, and they see her in the crowd she and they did bring her, her. I think so. Yeah, uh, I, I you know her. what. When I was single, I would have had a shot then because that guy. Come on, <laughs> yeah. they br- they bring her on stage and then they they sing a song together while she's wasted and it's really great. So go down a rabbit hole of, of Steel Panther because it's awesome. My pick I'll do really quick so we can get to the next segment. Um, it's actually just another female comedian that I'm going to uh, uh, spotlight is uh, Chelsea Peretti, uh, who I love. So awesome. uh, Chelsea Peretti's great. She um, if, if most people know her as uh, Gina Linetti from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, also married and to uh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, uh, director of uh, Get Out, as well as uh, you know, one half of Keen Peele. Um, she surprised everyone, I think, also on 420, uh, with a surprise EP and an announcement for a full comedy album. What? But it's all all music uh, cool. called 
called foam and flotsam and it's basically uh half like it's it's like a it's a full ep that's mostly about coffee like legitimately so so here here's the names of the sounds amazing (laughs) guys i'll tell you right now it's amazing so here's the track list latte oat milk chore soundproof and dad i'm going to talk about two songs real quick i'm going to talk about my favorite one is oat milk which is her just it's just it's her and reggie watts the super talented reggie watts yes and the whole song is her just asking like a barista if, if they have oat milk and as someone who goes to coffee places and only asks for oat milk i super relate Bougie oh my bastard. God. <laughs> guys i have two cards of it in my fridge right now and then uh is it sound- good? oh oat milk's great because i, I have to drink almond milk because my uh, sophie can't drink regular milk but like do you, do you drink like a flavored almond milk or is it the original almond milk it's like I don't is know. it vanilla it's probably I don't, vanilla i don't like it i like I it know. like my wife gets uh, it in the car I saw yogurt one time that was made with oat milk, and it just like didn't sound right. So I just—I mean, just, put off I mean ever Rachel, since. let's say, <laughs> let me ask you a question: the fact that Al regularly drinks oat milk does that bring your opinion of him down a peg? I mean, I feel like he's actually been a horse this whole time, <laughs> and just hasn't told us. Oh my god! And the, the horse I thought of was the That's one from Ducktales. Oh my god! And Al is exactly the one. I thought has Al has Al been a horse this whole time? And oh told god! Us? If he really was, that'd be amazing because I did his wedding. And imagine he just pulls his he just pulls his face up. He's like, "I'm a horse, Megan." I'm a horse. <laughs> oh. Um, god, this is the best podcast we've done. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, the title um, of this episode is going to be. Al's horse. <laughs> Al's horse. Al's a horse. Uh, Foam and 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 Flotsam by Chelsea Peretti. It's an EP. Oh. Has one, two, three, four, five tracks, and it's going to be a part of a larger album. I cannot wait. Um, you guys will absolutely dig it. It's the craziest thing you're going to listen to all week. Uh, it's on Spotify. Oh, go awesome. check it out. Yeah, because I remember when my buddies uh, is, like she was like in the New York comedy scene, like. A long time ago, and like my buddies were like, would see her live, and they'd be like, she's amazing. And then, yeah, Brooklyn 99 was the first time I ever really, really saw her. Mm-hmm. She also wrote on uh, Parks and Rec for a little bit, too. Of course, she did. Nice. Yeah, she's doing the she's... live Zoom reunion. Oh, god, that should have been uh, a, a segment. Well, uh, this I mean, week. I have to write these fucking shows, man. You could have done it. That's true. <laughs> You're right. You I mean, I can call I an audible. Do. You know what? I'm changing segment five. That's segment five now. Yep. So sorry. It. So I, sorry. Fraggle Rock was going to be segment Rock. five, which is going to be great, and you can get it on Apple TV yeah. Plus right now. I'm so excited. That's true. Yeah, but I don't know how many other episodes scratching. you can get, but I know at least you can get one. And maybe Rachel, you messaged me offline because I do get screeners for stuff like that. Yes. Uh, well, Fraggle Rock is uh, free currently, I believe. The is current, the, the, the current one, yes. The one, uh, you mean what? The one episode, or you mean the new one that we were going to talk about? I think the one episode is free. No, I think it's I think it's all free. I have to check again. Double check because I'm not. Um, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that uh, a lot of the streaming services are kind of offering these like free trial periods or just straight up free programming. Uh, one of the best ones is Apple TV. You don't even need a login, and you can go check out some of their programming. I actually checked out uh, Dickinson. The first episode of Dickinson. I with, checked uh, out um, that one 
the Earth Day one they did with um, Chris O'Dowd and Meryl Streep. It's very good. It's good? Very good. Um, all right. Well, that is, that's music in a time of quarantine. Uh, we never yeah. mentioned this, but I'm going to start mentioning it. Um, in the show notes, <laughs> you can uh, click the links to uh, some of our recommendations. Um, so, yeah, uh, make sure you check out the show notes if you do that sort of thing. Oh, I uh, probably the next that. segment is uh, the watch list. One of the only segments that does not have any sort of music. And, Bill, this is not a cue for you to start. <laughs> the, watch up with the, list, the, no. the watch list! The watch list! You can't yourself for it, obviously, for every segment. I, no, I've had enough to drink where I could fucking music. say anything. <laughs> but I specifically said you do not have to sing a, a, a watch list theme. This is why um, you should always let me host so I don't go off the rails. That's true. Or just limit your alcohol intake. No, it's pandemic. That's right. Um, Rachel, same concept. It's more of uh, a show or movie that you are uh, that you would want to recommend to people. Uh, maybe they haven't checked out yet. Something that's brand new or, or a guilty pleasure or whatever um, that can, uh, you know, take their attention away for a little bit. I thought well, there was smoke coming up so on the camera, and it was your cat. Sidebar, uh, for those who can see my camera live, my cat just crossed the camera with his tail. Is up that Batman? That is Batman, yes. That's awesome. Batman, my little diabetic baby. Oh, uh, oh it's just like me, but I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you're... He might, be, he might be up there in cat years. He's 10. Bill, you're my diabetic baby. Oh, there you go. Thanks, bro. His, his cat butt was currently on the screen that no one could see. Just, just Batman's butt. Um, but anyway, uh, watch list. The one I've been watching a ton of anime. Um, so there's always, there's always that. Uh, if you're an anime fan, there's so much good anime right now. But the show specific that I wanted to highlight is a show called Prodigal Son. Yes, you wrote that on our quarantine piece. Yeah, I wrote it on uh, the quarantine thing because my friends, one of my best friends from childhood, her mom watches it, and she knows that I like these true crime shows, and she recommended it to me. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And then it was available on Hulu, and it's updating. I think it has a couple more episodes to update, but it's updating like, like an old finale schedule. is coming up or it happened or... It's, it's coming up because it's on a weird schedule right now where it's updating like not exactly weekly um but prodigal son is so good <laughs> and Dude, i love i love the two stars of this the two what the two stars of this show i know they're so they're so good and it's it's an interesting take on you know true crime is so big oh, and there's, you know, there's Malcolm, who's a criminal profile, but his dad was a serial killer. So it deals with, like, a lot of different stuff where it deals with him being a profiler, but also, like, the trauma that affected him from the whole thing that, like, he's the one who called the police on his dad for murdering people. And it's so good. And we, my fiance and I, he doesn't even normally watch the detective shows with me, but I started watching Prodigal Son, and he sat down and was just like, the next episode like it's been so good so for those who don't know the the son i believe his name is is it tom Payne, who yeah. played jesus on the walking dead yes and uh michael sheen plays his father mm-hmm. and michael they're sheen they're so they're so sheen. good together and michael sheen is so great as um martin whitley because he's like 
he's insane. He's he murdered people. He's a serial killer. But at the same time, like he has this uh he has this likable persona and then he has his switch where he flips into like serial killer mode. And it reminds me a lot of like if anybody has ever listened to podcasts or read articles or anything about Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. How he was really likable and charismatic. And I really like that this is kind of the first time I've seen a show that has brought this serial killer into being likable. Yeah. Like you like like you like him as a character, and then you're like, wait, he murdered like a bunch of innocent people. Like he sucks. He's a piece of shit. But then you're like, Man, I really hope he doesn't die. But then you're also <laughs> like, No, he should die. He's a serial killer. Like it's such a it's so good. My one, question, my one question about the show was when I saw the trailer, I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, this looks cool, but it would probably be better if it was on HBO instead of Fox. <laughs> but, like, since it's on Fox, like, how is it as a show? Does it, is it, is it, do you feel like it's held back in any ways by being on network television or no? So, it, as of now it is because of the quarantine stuff. Is what I feel because I watch it on Hulu. I don't have cable. It airs on Hulu. It comes on Fox on Monday nights, I believe. And then it comes on Hulu on Tuesdays. And because of the quarantine stuff, its schedule is like all fucked up. And I feel like if it was filmed on HBO, everything would have been done already. So it wouldn't have this weird like back and forth schedule. But for a Fox show, it doesn't filter stuff. Oh, like, okay. Like in, like in comparison to other stuff, like you see the murder scenes and you see Malcolm, who is the Thomas Payne, you see him and his character like going crazy. And he has these like, night ter- like it's a very intense show, especially for being again, a show that's on Fox. I feel that they took a lot of liberties with it. And I think, I think it's going to pay off because I love that sort of thing. Sounds like Hannibal when it was on NBC. Yeah, Hannibal was great. Oh, so good. We could do a whole Hannibal podcast. Yeah. We might do a whole Hannibal <laughs> podcast. By the way. I would uh, be there. I love I, Hannibal. Two, two notes from me. The first one is, I, to Rachel's point about not seeing like a likable serial killer, the only one I would say is kind of close is Dexter, but I'd say I would go against that because he only killed bad people. So I'm guessing this guy... It didn't matter. He just killed people. No, he just killed people. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we have never seen something like that before, but Dexter would be kind of close. The second thing is, who's ready for another fun Al? Uh, uh, a Al fun fact. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? Sure. <laughs> I. Because Al's a horse. Once, I once walked past them filming Prodigal Son in New York City. Oh, nice. Are you on a, are you on a clip? I am somewhere? 100% not. I saw the oh, trailers yeah. outside of where they were filming something, probably inside, but the, it was in the vicinity of them filming. That's the probably the third third one I remember knowing what show it was. Prodigal Son had not aired or yet. I think the trailer I saw like a, two weeks later, I'm like, oh, that's what that was for. The other one, the big one for me was right across from where I was working at the time. They took a Nam Pang, which is like a, a sandwich place, and they um, closed it for like a few days. And they um, 
replaced it with Red Wheelbarrow. If you're a Mr. Robot fan, which I am obsessed with, they yes. turned it into Red Wheelbarrow, and that's where they filmed, I think, the the scenes for like the second or third season where he as actually they they actually meet in the place. Uh, I was like fangirling so hard. I'm I'm uh, honestly shocked, Al, that you didn't like fucking dive through like we just see Al like dive through the background. Oh, <laughs> I, I I tried walking past it so many times just to get a glimpse and like they I couldn't see a thing. I was so pissed, but it was just cool. I think I get to take a picture. I took a picture of it. Um, I don't know where it is, but I did definitely took a picture of the, the outside of it. It was awesome. Um, that's uh, those are some. Uh, that's a solid pick. Uh, Bill, you did not make yours yet. So what's your uh, watch list pick? Mine is going to be a film that just recently premiered on Apple TV Plus, And that is Beastie Boys Story, uh, which is the long awaited Spike Jones directed documentary about the Beastie Boys. Uh, I do really want to watch that. It's so. an interesting. So it's a little bit of a rough watch in the beginning because it's not a typical documentary. Um, Al was talking about this uh, to you last night, the night before yeah. we recorded this, which was a I started podcast. watching it right before this podcast. And it's it's basically a film of the live show that Mike D and Ad Rock did at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. So it's not like you're watching an actual um, documentary. Like you're not watching like the typical film. You're mm-hmm. watching a live film, a live concert performance or live spoken word performance, if you want to say, of Ad-Rock and Mike D, um, you know, reading off a teleprompter, t- telling their story. And I have to say the beginning of the film is a little rough to get through when they're talking about their, their coming together and getting through License to Ill. But once – they get the once they get into the middle of touring license to ill the documentary takes a, a a turn and you start really getting into the emotion much like mm-hmm. you would with a documentary of, of the story of the beastie boys and how mm-hmm. they were failing and how they were not always superstars and not always successful and how they had to come to terms with what they once were and the evolution of what they became mm-hmm. um MCA, obviously, who passed away, Adam Yauch, my favorite um, MC of all time. And, you know, it was always cool when he would talk about his gray hair because I started going gray when I was 13. Uh, So he was always my frame of reference uh, before Clooney became popular. And, um, you know, they really talked about his influence on everything uh, and then really talked about that run of I think three great records in a row and it's not going to be the one the last one it's not going to be the one you think I would include uh, Paul's Boutique Check Your Head and uh, Ill Communication I mean Hello Nasty's great and all but those three records right there in the 90s was amazing and talking about the creation of those records which was so mm-hmm. starkly different from um, License to Ill which much like the BC Boys I'm like if I don't hear ever hear a song from License to Ill again I'm fine because I think the BC Boys made much better music post that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way Ad Rock and Mike D were able to talk about MCA and to talk about the lean times going into their most creative times, I think mm-hmm. was really the most interesting part of the documentary. So once you get past that sort of rough patch where it's like, oh, this really isn't your typical documentary, mm-hmm. it's more of a live performance. 
like a live two man show, almost a play. It's almost like a play. Mm-hmm. And once you get past that, it's really great. There's some great outtakes during the credits too, where some celebrities, Al, I know you've finished it, so I'm not going to ruin it for you. Or ruin Thank you. For either. There's some Appreciate great, it. great post credit cameos. I'm excited. An audience Q and a, it's very good, but it's a really cool remembrance of just the BC boys being these wildly creative men who also tackle their problematic nature when they were making license deal, like songs mm-hmm. about girl, like the song girls and the stuff they did on stage and how they rebelled against it and how they embraced like people calling them hypocrites. Yeah. And it's a very good documentary. Uh, Spike Jones picks out some great, great moments, great clips. Um, everything is put together wonderfully. And it's, like I said, Get past those first 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, you know, it's going to be a stormy ride. But once you get past mm-hmm. that, you're going to hit a really great documentary. Once again, on Apple TV Plus, which is kind of doing this weird thing. It's a little vague at times. Like some stuff is free, some stuff's not. But you could do a seven-day free trial. And I would highly recommend doing that for this film alone because mm-hmm. it reminded me of just how much I do love the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Is it is it uh, Tiger King levels of documentary content? No. Oh, <laughs> goddamn, brother! We 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 dedicated so much time to Tiger King on a few documentaries. Um, it, nothing will ever that. reach that level no. of batshit pure insanity where yeah. a guy's eyebrow piercing is dangling on his eye for ten years. Mm-hmm. But like, it's if you like the Beastie Boys. Past, which, I do. which if you and if you, it's not just oh I like fight uh, you know sleep to Brooklyn and fight for your right to party and you like that later stuff like the records post that you will really really love what they do and it's just a very I think like once they especially when they talk about MCA like I said one of my favorite MCs of all time mm-hmm. like it's very heartfelt and very emotional and very realistic and so even though it's not that doc, true documentary form it's a great watch for sure yeah, I um, yeah, we talked right before we started the podcast that um, I read the book. Uh, I had it in my house for like over a year, and it's it's huge. It's it's crazy, crazy big. It's a, a massive book, and I was always intimidated by it. I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to read this. And then I realized, oh, you idiot, you have such a long commute. Just take it with you and try to read it on the train. So I did. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever read before. It's it's basically like a collection of essays. Um, of, of it tells the whole story from kind of beginning to now of the Beastie Boys and how they came together and everything. Um, and it's, it's so uh, immediately they, they just like right off the bat, they say, you know, we wish that we could have done this with Adam because he was the lifeblood. He was the creative force behind the band and he's the one who would have given like the best like input the the yeah. best stories and everything. That's why they can never go on. Like they no, said, and, they're like we we are yeah. not a band anymore. And, mm-hmm. and, and MCA was such a huge, yeah. like creative influence on them. And they they oh, even yeah. talk about when they did sabotage, where he's just sitting there playing the bass riff to that. Yeah. And sabotage, I God, I mean, I've heard that song so many times, and I never so, get sick of it. I never get sick of it. Sidebar. Um, Unrelated, well, 
relating to this instance. Uh, love the love the Beastie Boys. A lot of respect for them. Um, Alec, you were talking about your commute, and yeah. I forget that like in New Jersey, you guys commute a lot by yes. like train and subway. And you were like, I took Car. this book on my commute to read it, and I was like, How the fuck did you read that on your commute? Because like I drive to work every day. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, I was sitting on the train. I was like, that makes a lot more yeah, sense yeah. than like out taking a book while he was driving. So don't, don't tap do, do me. I'll do it. You, don't you have like a two hour bus ride every day? To me? Yeah. I I was taking the bus and then I, um, we, long story short, I started taking, I, dr- I drive to the train now uh, or did before all of this went down. And, uh, you know, it would probably be like an hour and 45, two hours, whatever, uh, that I'd be on the train, uh, one direction and then another direction. So, uh, it was pretty, I was reading books pretty quickly. Um, and uh, that book, again, it's, uh, it was something that I never read before. I love music documentaries, like, like obsessed with music documentaries. Um, and seeing this is great because it's, it's, it's different. It's like, they could have done the normal, like, Let's get Matt and it White probably, and it probably to do a Oh, it would have been amazing. Like, like let's get Spike Jonesy to just take all our old archive footage and all the stuff that he did with us behind the scenes and all the stage stuff. And like, let's just do a traditional like they do no. make fun of Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons. Oh, oh yeah, a lot in this. Yeah, a lot. And, and, and yeah. some of it is very genuinely funny, but some of it's definitely. Definitely some digs they took of those guys. Yeah. It's crazy because it's it's really you know, it's an origin story for them, but the the crazy turn of events that happen and Rachel, we're not really um, it's a spoiler just for existing, but like like they got a chance to go perform at a club and they're like, All right, we should have a DJ and they're like, Well, this friend knows this guy who goes to NYU. So they go to his dorm and they meet him and he's got a giant PA system and he's got a bubble machine. They're like, all right, you're hired. And it's Rick Rubin. And then I like, oh how, there was, I like how there was so many wrestling references in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, and then Rick was becoming friends with this guy that he would meet at this one club. And his name was Russell Simmons. And he was the manager and of, of run DMC and the brother of one of the members. And he was like the king of rap and like, Hey, I'd love to sign a all white rap group. And like, it was all just right place, right time with all of that. It's crazy. Uh, it's, you know, it's actually a lot of music stories are right place, right time. If not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is, um, and Bill will give me shit. Cause I, I it's not a podcast. If I don't mention Oasis, but the uh, Oasis documentary, supersonic is fucking awesome directed Matt by uh um i think it's matt whitecross who did the um he did uh amy which is the uh amy winehouse documentary mm-hmm. yeah you know, the new i've been wanting to watch that it's on my list yeah as well as uh rachel give me shit for this one too uh he did the new uh the the recent coldplay documentary and ah. I mean, <sighs> but uh, Oasis Supersonic is a fucking amazing music documentary because it's all um, it's it's there's no um, it's not in like the interview, uh, you know, MTV uh, real life style, um, you know, where they're in front of the camera talking. It's all voiceover and there's some like animation in it as well to like fill in some gaps of things that were not filmed. 
Um, it's a documentary is a hard is a hard subject to do because especially music because it's just like you could just do the general shit everyone does, which mm-hmm. is like retro footage interviews, uh, but people throwing in stuff like that, like animation and, and, uh, yeah. and like and doing live events. Like I uh, was one um, about the Wetlands Music uh, Venue in New York City, which went out of business, uh, and they it, it was a lot of it was you know animation, like, mm-hmm. and so. You have to set yourself uh, apart from that because it's just like, okay, this is just another episode of Behind the Music, but, you know, 20 years later. Exactly. Um, and then uh, my pick, uh, I'll try to be as quick as possible here, too. So we Which can is move also on. Al's phrase of phase. He's like, I'll be as quick as possible. I'll, I'll be quick, but let me talk about this for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, just talking about things of, of, like, trying to create stuff that people haven't seen before. If it's Coldplay, I'm leaving. It's oh, not- dude, I've been, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to leave this friendship for seven years. So I'll, I'll keep on back. Uh, it is not Coldplay, unfortunately. Uh, but no, unfortunately. It, uh, it is a uh, it was it's a new Netflix special that premiered uh, earlier this week. Um, it is Middleditch and Schwartz, which is Thomas Middleditch yes. and Ben Schwartz. They are uh, an improv duo who uh, released a three uh, three episodes or three. I guess you can almost call them like three specials, basically, of uh, long form improv. And uh, so these guys. uh, I've been wanting to check that out. So, hey, you know who's writing the review for that on thepopbreak.com? No. Logan Fowler. He is. Yeah, because reference. uh, You know who told him to watch it? Al Manorino. (laughs) Oh, I knew that. I knew that for damn sure. So, for. uh, those unaware, Thomas Middleditch uh, from Silicon Valley uh, and the Verizon commercials, yes. and, uh, and as well as uh, Ben Schwartz, who is uh, m- most famously Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. And but you've Sonic seen him in the Hedgehog. You've mo- you've seen him recently as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, and as well in Ducktales. Oh, in Ducktales, yes, it's true. Um, another we reference. have two references every podcast. It's Logan Fowler. That's right. Sidebar: Sonic the Hedgehog was really good. I like was it. It I was like, okay because Sophie keeps think, saying she wants to see it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, it's worth watching. You'll you'll like yeah. it just for like my my fiance and I went to see it. Both of us love Sonic, and it was it was really good. It doesn't have sorry, Al, I don't mean to cut you off. I no, just, like, go go. Please, please, Sonic, please cut him off. His t- his presentation was terrible. My favorite thing to pitch for the Sonic movie of why people should watch it is that it doesn't have the bullshit climactic part where Sonic and um. I forget the main actor's name. James Marsden. James Marsden. James Marsden. Did it he, doesn't have, who probably will die in the movie. No, but it doesn't have that bullshit part where they have this like epic falling out where they're like, oh, we're not God. friends anymore. They don't talk for forever. Like they have a little bit, a, a tiny bit of drama, but that's it. And that makes me so happy because I hate that shit. Like I hate Trolls when the two War main characters, yeah, I hate those when the two main characters fight for no fucking reason. And then like, make up at the end like no stop so yeah best pitch about the sonic movie it just doesn't have any of that yeah. it's just like they're friends from the get-go they have like a minor disagreement and that's it but like they're never not friends they're never like this friendship is over yeah i love I'm I, 10 like no sonic <laughs> is totally worth watching as like bill you literally grew up when Saga, uh, Saga, Sega, I was thinking of Saga because I'm trying to get my wife to read the Saga comic book. She's not going to do it. Sega. So good. I know, right? You know she's uh, not doing it. 
Oh, it's I like know. neither one so of our wrong. wives are going to be on this podcast. She's not no. reading a comic book. My wife's not reading a comic book. We know. See, That's... I feel you guys because, like, I'm the girl on this episode right now. And, like, I I got my fiancé to start reading Black Panther because he saw the movie and loved it. And I was yeah. like, you should read Black Panther. Yeah, really... but he is, like... But That's... But he likes stuff like that, doesn't he? He does, but he does not read comics. Like, I would be like, you should read this, you should read this, you should read this. Like, I would have to force it so hard, and then finally we watched the Black Panther movie, and he was like, I'm gonna read this comic, but, like, I feel you guys, because I was like, you should read this comic, and he's like, okay, and then he never fucking does. Yeah, no, I I thought, you know, I was surprised, I thought Brian would have been reading more comics, but... That's true. Hey. Um, He plays a lot of stuff. Back to Middle Ditch and Yeah, sorry. No need to go back to this shit. Oh, just no, watch no, really, it. Just no, watch it. I'm I'm gonna go real real quick. To, the, the, Talking the, about Sonic right now. Damn the pitch the pitch for uh, Ooh, Middleton Sports yeah. is listen. A lot of people are not familiar with improv. I am not someone who's really familiar with improv. In is it anyway. line? Is it anyway style or because I fucking love like to this day whose line holds up? Well, so you're also good. drinking a, a twisted tea right now. No, it's still voodoo. Right? It's still voodoo. Okay. Uh, just wait, like a twisted tea can. I'm like, come on, man. Um, no, no. No. So exactly. The the interesting thing is it's long form improv. So in the beginning of each special, they ask the crowd for like um, something that you're nervous about or like some event that's coming up or whatever to get just 10 minutes of just like general information about a topic. And then each episode is them exploring that topic for like almost an hour fully improvised. So they make this entire story filled with jokes and names and references and everything that they're making up on the spot. And it all comes together at the end. And it's crazy. It's like the, the talent between them. First of all, the chemistry between them is, is just unmatched. Like it's so funny. The, the, the the creativity is it's it's out of this world because like m- me and Bill can riff for like five minutes on some bullshit, but I can go a lot longer than that. <laughs> with, with you know because of how well we know each other and everything, but the way that these guys do it with almost no information, uh, kind of guiding them, mm-hmm. it's crazy and it's so good. Like the first episode, I immediately rewatched with my wife because I'm like, you have to watch this. I couldn't I couldn't wait to see it, so I had to watch it without her. And then I'm like, we're gonna go back. We're watching this first episode again. I laughed harder the second time. Does not ha- happen a lot, especially with like comedy specials. Um, I laughed harder the second time. Uh, second episode's really good, and then the third one is fantastic. And I, I just want them to keep making more because uh, it's great. And every show is 100 different. And this is how they tour. This is you know they played Carnegie Hall, and I think this is where uh, the three episodes that they produced were from their uh run at carnegie hall mm-hmm. um it's it's crazy because they tour all over the country and every show is completely different how long um, are the episodes i bet yeah about an hour each uh they Let's fly by because they're so good mm-hmm. they really are you know, i uh i have a lot of respect for i, I added that to my because that's on netflix isn't it mm-hmm yeah, okay, So, because I added it to my list. I was pretty sure I recognized that title. But I have so much respect for improv because, like, like for the podcast, like, for this podcast, I was asking you and Bill, like, 
what's the criteria? You know, what are we, what are we going to talk about? Somebody needs to give me a list. Like I need to be prepared. So like, I have such respect for improv people because like, you're just thrown this topic. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like you're thrown this topic and then you have to talk about it for an hour. You have to think of a skit on the whim for an hour and they do it. And it's so, and it's, and it's not even that they do it. They do it. And it's fucking hilarious. Yep. Like, yeah. That says so much about like a person's talent, and mm. that just makes me like want to watch more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like my my, my I've been with uh, my wife forever. We've uh, since high school, right? So <laughs> I remember going to. Oh, see- that's so cute. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. We're we're very adorable. Uh, but I remember seeing her improv shows in high school, and I remember like, like it was like watching another planet like like aliens from another world because it's just so different than anything you've ever seen before because these people just like put themselves on the line uh to just make things up at on the spot it's very interesting to me um the the, one more thing to say about middle edition swartz what um you, you 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 come for them but you leave with like like i'm actually like Last night, I was quoting their improv skit mm-hmm. to my wife, and she was laughing because of like that's how memorable it was. And they pr- they probably forget it literally that night, and they just made comedy gold for an hour. It's not like a comedy special that you know people work on for months and months on end to get every joke perfectly crafted. These guys are making it up on the spot. It's totally different than anything else that is on Netflix or any other streaming platform. Which again, I, I feel like says a lot about their talent oh. and like how, how worth it it is just to watch this. Like, cause you don't know what it's going to be about. Hmm. You don't know. They don't yeah. know either. No one knows. Yeah. And if you ever watch parks and rec, like every, basically any move or motion that, and Schwartz did as John Ralphio, you know that he brought to that character. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he literally appears and he never like enters a room. Like he always just appears and jumps. He just is there. Yeah. Like <laughs> such a like, Oh, that's part of, that's what I'm going to do. That's part of my character. Like, I don't think that someone wrote like, Oh, John Ralphio appears from nowhere. I think mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just going to do that because that's what this character would do. He's they just said like, that, uh, that it's, it's important to note too, that uh, they said that Steve Carell did that kind of stuff on the office. Yeah. And we all know how famous Steve Carell is, but yeah, he would do that kind of stuff on The Office. They said that a lot of his stuff was improv, and they would have to like play off him because he would just make something up on the spot. And I feel like that says a lot about a comedian and an actor. Yeah, like, and how talented they are. My favorite example of that is uh, Neil Flynn from Scrubs, the janitor. <laughs> they would wait in the. Dude, yeah. They would write in the script whatever Neil says. They didn't give him dialogue because they knew he would just come up with some ridiculous like comedy gold. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to the Scrubs podcast, and they they have mentioned that. And that's not a rumor. That actually is something that Bill Lawrence would write into the scripts of the show. Speaking of Parks and Rec, that's one hell of a segue into our segment. Holy no. shit! It's like we actually planned that. Oh, he totally did. But we did. No, we did. We did. We We totally did. We barely planned things on this show. You mean I barely planned things on? You barely. Well, no, you actually planned. I barely. Um. So the last section 
um, that I'm super, super happy about the soundbite that we added from uh, my son's former favorite show, um, which oh my is... God, I get to be on a soundbite episode? I'm so honored. Oh, there's a bunch of soundbites. We got one for basically every segment except for the technically the watch list. If you call Bill singing on music... I mean, I, I assume that was the... Yeah, that's don't, the don't the one. That's a that's a live soundbite. <laughs> every every episode, every episode. It's original. It's improv. Honestly, it's impressive that you hit the same note every time, Bill. It's, it's just a it's like the, it's the it's the least amount of effort of my vocal range. <laughs> um, glimmer of hope was changed because Bill brought up. A better glimmer of hope. We were originally going to talk about. Yeah, we were going to originally talk about how uh, Apple TV not only is bringing back Fraggle Rock, but they brought it back. They're actually filming and creating episodes. Yeah, that's uh, like my their... biggest glimmer of hope. I, I fucking know. love Fraggle Rock. I watched the shit out of that. All right, then for this week, we're going to do two glimmers of hope. Let's quickly talk about this, uh, Rachel. I I remember watching Fraggle Rock when I was younger, but it wasn't. Like, um, it wasn't my, I guess, I guess Barney would be the thing that I watched as real, like at that age, Fraggle Rock was something that was on. That explains so much. Oh. I know. I loved Barney and so did my wife. Actually, she watched a lot. She was a big Barney obsessive as well, but Fraggle Rock was great. Um, you know, it's a, it's, I was a Jim Henson creation. Um, you know, I'm a huge Sesame Street fan as well, and that's what I've been trying to get Parker to watch more of. As I mentioned, uh, my son just learned uh, how to say Elmo, which made me really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of says Cookie Monster, but he's like, cook. Like, so he says cookie, a little bit of cookie. It's really cute. Um, but yeah, so the original uh, Fraggle Rock uh, ran for 100 episodes between 1983 and 19, 1987, airing on HBO in the U.S. Uh, I guess I watched reruns because I was not born then yeah, to make feel old, Bill. Same. Yeah, uh, but uh, Damn, but Rachel, um, uh, let's let's just talk about the, you know, uh, the reboot called uh, Fraggle Rock Rock On. Um, with each episode being three to five minutes long, um, and they're actually filming it uh, from home, I believe, uh, like everything else that is happening currently. Which makes me happy. So, sidebar, uh, Al, sorry to bring this up on the podcast, but how old are you? I am 29. I had to think about it for a second. I am turning 29 this coming week. Wow. It's going to be my birthday soon. Happy early birthday. Thank you. I'll but, be, uh, well, I, I am, and if anyone wants to wonder, I'm 30. Bill six, Bill sixty. <laughs> fucking Bill sixty every day. <laughs> Bill, so, Bill's hair is sixty, but internally he's twenty. Yeah, no, it's it's sixty, but it's still there. That's true. It's, so I was I was asking because same for me. Like I read when Fraggle Rock aired, and I was like, no way, because I watched Fraggle Rock all the time as a child. Yeah. Um, but as soon as um. Uh, like I said, I need to know like stipulations. I need to know vaguely like what what people are talking about. And so when you guys were like, "We're going to talk about the new Fraggle Rock," I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And I am now had to be a dick and change it up. I Listen, immediately I we're I still doing it. But I immediately got the uh, the catch the tail by the tiger song stuck in my head, which is one of my favorite Fraggle Rock songs. Um, but like I used to watch that with it was me and my sister because we had two older brothers, and I have a mixed together family there's my dad and my stepmom 
and they married when I was young, and my sister and I were the same age, and we would watch Fraggle Rock together all the time. And our brothers would make fun of us because they were a couple years older than us. But like, I loved Fraggle Rock. Um, we had a cassette player because we're almost twenty nine and fucking old. But <laughs> Hi, <laughs> so we shut up, bro. With a cassette player in our bedroom, and my parents bought us a Fraggle Rock soundtrack cassette, and we would listen to that to go to sleep. Like, love me some Fraggle Rock. I remember it having, like, I honestly don't remember anything about it outside of, like, having an uh, awesome theme song. Mm-hmm. Had a great play. theme song. Worries for another day. Well, and there was, um, they had, like, the, I can't, that's the thing is, I can't remember the characters' names, but I can remember the songs. Yeah. And I know, um, like, the, the, the doozers or the dozers. Dozers. The dozers were the little, like, building people, and then there were, like, the trolls that, like, ate everybody. (laughs) Then there was Uncle Traveling Matt. Yeah, and then as as like as I got older, I was like, "That's really fucked up that like they're afraid of this troll guy because he's so gonna literally eat so them." <laughs> so, have you guys ever seen? Um, I could be getting this wrong. Have you guys ever seen Boondock Saints? Uh, yes. So you know the guy who was like uh, the bartender who had like Tourette's. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the guy. Who owned who owned the store that Uncle Tra- with the dog that Uncle Traveling Matt? Are you serious? Fairly oh certain. I will check that in a second, but I'm almost 100 percent sure. Yeah. Yep, Gerard Parks. He. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, he was in Fraggle Rock. Yeah, so he was the bartender from Boondock Saints, who would just yell "fuck ass." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah and he, he was just, Fraggle yeah. Rock. Yeah, <laughs> Bill, it's a we'll, children's we'll, show. Did you I, have a uh, well? Seven. I was probably getting. I was like maybe about my daughter's age around that time. Maybe like five or six. And um, I think Nickelodeon played a lot of reruns of that. Okay. So I would watch a lot of stuff. So I, I definitely watched it every night. Uh, it was on. I remember I got like one of the like a Happy Meal toy of one of the Fraggles and like almost like a pickle, you know, like a like a little car or something like that. But yeah, man, I, I would watch all the time. My wife watched it a lot, and so we're very, we're both very excited to share that with our daughter. And she's just like, I, today I was like, I saw it on Apple TV. I'm like, oh, do you want to watch that? And she's like, no, I don't want to watch that. And uh, we watched. Uh, <laughs> That's not a bright and colorful blob like whatever Parker watches. <laughs> no, Sophie. No, it's uh, that, I almost, it's like, it sounds like something Sophie would watch. And I was like, but we watched like this Earth Day movie they did instead, and it was like. Um, no, but like I love Fraggle Rock, and I can't wait to share that because it was a lot of fun. I always remember the theme song; it's always stuck with me throughout the years. I, I haven't watched it probably thirty plus years. I remember that damn theme song though. Um, I I have honestly nothing left to say uh, about it because I don't remember it. Like I really want to watch the new, you know, these kind of shorts that Apple TV is doing. It's a smart Apple TV move, Apple TV. Hundred percent. They don't have anything right now that's like a huge tentpole for them to be like. Yeah. like they even tried peanuts, and that wasn't overly Snoopy. marketed well. I think they have uh, some Snoopy yeah, peanuts. Too, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like Snoopy in space, and they yes. didn't even market that well. Mm-hmm. 
but they, uh, they haven't marketed much of anything well. No, outside of the, but uh, the I think Fraggles is a big, could be a bigger draw for them. So they they definitely need something like the Beastie Boys and the Fraggles that definitely could put some eyes on Apple TV right now. Yeah, I think this mm-hmm. is like this free trial kind of thing too, where they're allowing you know. Um, Little America, which is a uh, come out mm-hmm. on Johnny and uh, Emily Gordon's new show. Yep, we've been and then, uh, and then I mentioned uh, Dickinson. There's a couple other. Oh, and uh, uh, For All Mankind is another one that's uh, free right now that people can try out. Um, but yeah, so I want to end the show really quick on a, like a second glimmer of hope, and a, a, honestly, for me personally, a bigger glimmer of hope. This was announced this week as well. Um, the cast of Parks and Rec. Uh, I announced that they're going to do a special uh, COVID-19 charity episode that I did hear about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a parks and rec special that's going to air on NBC. It's set within the parks and rec uh, continuity um, during this time when everyone is in quarantine and uh, the whole premise is Leslie Nope is connecting with her uh, parks fam via social distancing like through zoom um it's genius because this is something that leslie nope would 100 percent do because she wouldn't be able mm-hmm. listen she is uh at this point in 2019 she's working uh for the national parks uh for, like literally working for the national parks office um she is in i think she's working in uh, it's 2019, 2019. She's either still in Pawnee, about to move to Washington, D.C., or uh, is in Washington, D.C. So, but the rest of the, the cast has moved on. You know, uh, Adana's in Seattle, and I believe Tom is uh, married and um, has, like, basically everyone has gone their separate ways at this point. I would part. love to see Ron Swanson during the quarantine. Though. Exactly. I want to see Ron. Like the the best part about it is we're going to see Ron interact with technology. Yes, and it's going to be yeah hilariously so, terrible. This is it's someone who's so bad. This is someone who famously is like off the grid and and hates technology. Uh, when he was introduced to um, Google Earth and found out they knew where his house was, he took the whole computer and threw it in the dumpster. Like mm-hmm. this is the kind of character that we're dealing with. So him trying to be on zoom is going to be amazing. So uh, just a little more information about the, the actual special. It's like the, it, it's not like a charity thing where they're like going to, um, you know, do a table read, which a lot of uh, uh, stars of shows have been doing. Uh, Chuck did that. Uh, the, the stars of NBC's Chuck, which is another great cult series. Mm-hmm. They, uh, did a, like a table read of a, of a fan favorite episode for charity. Um, a lot of other shows have been doing something like that. The great thing about this is a, a original script written by the uh, like the the original writers room. You know, Mike Schur, Megan Amram, Joe Mandy, like amongst others, um, and the whole cast is involved too. And like all these guys are so crazy busy and famous, but not right now, obviously because of COVID nineteen. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know, having Chris Pratt and um, Nick Offerman yeah. and Aubrey Plaza and Les and Leslie, no, I was about to say, and Amy Poehler <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, uh, what's it called Adam Scott. Uh, it's crazy that we're going to see all of these uh, people again, because, you know, um, 
I think before streaming, you know, uh, I, I, Bill, you would absolutely know this. Like we, uh, yeah, <laughs> we did. But before streaming, TV viewers hoped for like reunion specials. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so like right? you would see this a lot, especially with British television. Yes. You would get a lot of uh, like The Office do, would do a holiday special, you know, yeah. a reunion. Um, you would mm-hmm. get a lot of one-offs and. Uh, you know, in American TV, you would get that every once in a great while, usually as a TV movie, and it usually would be crap. Uh, but no, this is going to be super cool. And I wonder if my former classmate, Katie Dippold, who also wrote uh, Spy with uh, Melissa McCarthy and The Heat, I wonder if she had anything to do with that. Because we interviewed her for the pop break and the audio, which we were talking off air about bad audio for interviews, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Yep. That was right before The Heat came out, too. Oh, and I was like, ah. And a cat is making an appearance right now. Oh, is that hi, cat, Robin. But I, I, I remember years ago with That's my family scary. watching the Home Improvement like finale or reunion or something. I would say the finale, but I remember like those things were huge. Yeah, like, those, they were. They those, were really mm-hmm. big. Yeah, and I remember Seinfeld, uh, you know, uh, famously did their reunion within Curb Your Enthusiasm and tried to just basically shitting on reunion specials the entire time like because they're like they're pointless like they're not funny they're not needed like we don't and you know and it's probably the big reason why friends had never did one but (laughs) but we're supposed to for hbo max or yeah well well (laughs) again that they were doing a reunion special they were doing a like let's talk about friends like in, in in a world where we have things like Fuller House, where they literally just continued the show, like we don't see this that often of, of a one off. Like we're gonna get together, we're gonna do one episode, and not only that, they're doing it for a great cause. Like um, and that's what we need so during this time because it's yeah. just like we need. To, I mean, not only just to, you know, it's great to raise money, but we also television needs to get creative. You know, I've speaking with television insiders. Someone who used to work at this site. Well, we're name will remain nameless for you know his job sake. Not like they'll listen to this podcast, but you know there's hope. They're like kind of like, hey, maybe TV gets back to start producing stuff by September, and it's like we'll see. So it's like stuff like this is very important. I mean, not only to to create new content for television and to raise money because Parks and Rec has grown in popularity exponentially since uh, it's. Uh, final season which everyone remembers was they basically burned through those episodes much like they did the good place they just burned through those episodes just to end mm-hmm. it. i feel like these uh these special episodes are they're nice for the quarantine like you guys said but they're also a way for depending on response they could do something new they don't have they don't have to yeah but they could. I feel like it's a good setup of, hey, here's a like the Friends reunion. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a Friends reunion, and then depending on the response, maybe they start doing some kind of new thing. Yeah, I'm not saying I- that they will, but I'm just saying that like it's a good way to gauge your audience right I, now because I, so many people are just fucking watching tv so i think like too it's like also where those actors have gone since especially pratt like yeah. people will be coming in from mcu who may never even heard of parks and rec 
mm-hmm. or, or just heard of it but never watched it and tune into something like this. And that could lead to more specials, like I said, one-off episodes or reunions, which will generate like, hey, if I'm NBC, I got this new streaming net service coming up, and hey, that Parks and Rec, you know, Zoom episode basically was great. I could do the same thing for a reunion. I could put it on my streaming service now. Yeah, and the great thing about the the way that Parks ended was, um, without again spoiling it or trying to spoil it, is they um, they provided closure for the time being and then gave glimpses of everyone's future. Yeah, which was a very cool way to do it. Like they showed like what what Leslie was doing. You know, a few years from now, five years from now, ten years, twenty, whatever, and in different uh, capacities, they showed everyone's uh, like what they were doing in 2025 or whatever it was. So the great thing about this is this episode takes place in current times, 2020. We know what happens to people even further down the line from that. So it's going to be great to see how they weave this in mm-hmm. to where they were in this time and again like you guys are saying this kind of opens the door for more things like this um and i think i think you're gonna see it happen especially with sitcoms because people have more of an emotional connection you know you're not gonna see like well let's get the original law and order cast back together to do an episode (laughs) you know although they they could figure out a way to do an original episode that would be pretty great but you're gonna see like i could see like a new girl reunion like i could see like like newer stuff happening i could see them doing uh oh christ i even forgot the name of the show will and grace yeah i could see them doing an episode episodes over zoom and stuff like that like that yeah like definitely i could see that happening for sure yeah like i don't know because i stopped watching after like season like five but like i could see them doing a big bang theory version of this because eventually yeah because it's just just ended so like it's it's money it's money for uh, for a great cause and then it's hey ratings we need content yeah. we don't have it I agree so well that is this week's glimmer of hope and I think that is the end of this freaking amazing episode uh, I do see so because I don't know what that means but. I'm honored I got to be part of it. Oh, listen, Rachel. <laughs> we, great, we were so excited to have you on. Um, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, Bill was like, do you want to be on a podcast? And I was like, is that a question? <laughs> oh, we just have you're, to you're technically, now. you're technically, Bill, I feel like you forget sometimes. You're technically my boss. So you can be like, it's like you're going to be on the podcast. So you could be like, you're going to be on a podcast. And I'll I, be like, I've all never, right. I have rarely run the site that way. Uh, I know. I know exactly. Speaking of podcasts, Rachel, you're you're not like, you know, uh, what's, what's what's the word I'm looking for? You're not like unfamiliar with podcasts, are you? Correct. Um, I do another podcast called Animu, which is just the word anime with a W at the end, so it's Animu because it is a podcast about anime and cats uh, that I do with my friend Iris. So we talk about. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize it was that. I, okay. I love to talk about anime, and if you're anybody listening to this, also is interested in the anime, check our podcast out. Where can um, I hear that podcast? Yeah, you can hear that podcast everywhere. Actually, we're on 
Spotify, Google Play, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. Um, it is an adorable picture of two uh, like jelly blob looking cats, which is based off of that time I was reincarnated as a slime because that's an anime that you guys should watch. <laughs> but that's what our little cats are based off of. Um, but yeah, we talk about we talk about anime that updates biweekly. Um, yeah. And where can people find you on social media? At Animu, again, anime with a W at the end, podcast. And you can also find me on social media at Rachel Kinesis and also at The Pop Break, because I obviously write for The Pop Break. Excellent. Uh, Bill, where can people find you if they don't want to? <laughs> yeah, if you really, I mean, if you have some odd reason to follow me, I'm at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, where I basically... Um, that's weird. Like my chat just came up and just <laughs> pointed under my picture on this thing and said bathroom, and I'm like, "Thanks, guys." That's um, where Bill goes. That's where like, anything directed to Bill goes. It's just the bathroom. The bathroom, and it's so it's uh, yeah, Matt can Rice, where I'm just tweeting about you know retweeting some pop break stuff and mostly just talking about wrestling. Uh, but most importantly, check out the pop break.com. Every single day, we got great stuff going up all the time in the world of film television, music, movies, comic books, which Rachel is our comic book editor. And there's also a ton of anime stuff that Rachel yep. um, curates uh, along with uh, a couple of staff writers. So check that out every single day. We are at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook and at the popbreak on the Instagram. Phil, everybody knows that people follow you because Sophie is adorable. Yes, yeah. that's my Instagram page which i'm because <laughs> i have random i have a lot of randos is adorable <laughs> yeah it says a lot of randos who follow me and like my pictures and i'm like ah, okay thanks <laughs> um i uh you can follow me at al manorino on twitter and instagram uh verified on it, twitter verified on twitter and getting a lot of love from random parks and rec uh uh, alumni i got a i got a like from ben schwartz a like from adam scott and retweeted by the the woman who played brandy max so it's been a very exciting like week or two for uh right. for me um yeah my tweets are mostly just uh saying how great things are and retweeting my favorite celebrities instagram also, you get strangely political on there Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, just yeah. Avoid, I just avoid politics on my Twitter. I just post my pop break stuff, other pop break stuff, and like really cool art that I think. Al just yeah. basically likes calling people assholes on Twitter. I know that was that was Facebook. Listen, uh, I was never a political person, and I'm really even I, though I, both you and I worked for the same political polling firm. That's true. <laughs> I couldn't have been less involved with politics when I was working for that. Same. Um, right? But I have become a little more uh, vocal um, during this current situation. I, I have not mentioned on this podcast, I lost uh, a relative uh, to COVID-19 um, yeah. a, a few weeks back. And um, I just feel that 
um, the current administration is not doing enough to uh, help uh, the people in need currently, which is our essential workers. Um, and then on top of that, the people who are out of work because of COVID-19. So, uh, yes, I'm a little more uh, vocal and, you know, I don't want to uh, just sh- shout my opinions on my podcast, but I will do it on my social media channels. So uh, if you want to see that, if you're so inclined, uh, that is, uh, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the Instagram, though, no, not political in any way. It's uh, mostly just uh pictures of my dog and my child uh because i can't take first of all great pictures thank you so much thank you so much um and i i think eventually i'm going to start going into the archives and and posting more live music because i'm i'm starting to get like i'm starting to shake a little bit at night not being able to go see live music so might uh might might have to recruit you for uh my my future endeavors oh fantastic Fantastic. Oh, I guess uh, I could just sit on my, the sideline. That's fine. Well, what was going to say? My my fiance's sister is a is also a photographer, but uh-huh. um, she's going to be involved in wedding stuff. Yeah. So we need somebody who's listen, not going listen. to be in the wedding stuff. I, well, listen, I will, if you need an efficient, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I made people cry. It's true. That's true. If you do first need all, a, we don't. First of all, we don't have an efficient, so that's good to know. Hi. Listen, Bill's a f- amazing officiant. He I officiated will, will my parent, wedding. I will make people weep. Yeah, he did. He, he was fantastic. He, he did some solid jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, sweat, I through actually, my, sweat through my suit. He did because it was the hottest day of the year, and I had to set. Um, I had to set up all the chairs. It's very true. He did. Yeah. I did. What a good officiant! God damn. He is. He's, he's <laughs> He's a full service. Ride or die, I walked ride into or that die. shit, and there was no seats. I'm like, every man here. You're fucking working with me. Let's go. Amazing. Um, but yeah, that that does it for probably one of the crazier episodes. Oh, also don't forget, of, hey, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, yeah, Google Play. You're right. Type in Bill Bodkin or Al Manorino because there's a million social distance. Type in one of our names, you'll it's find true. us. We're, yeah, I may Al, change that. It's a Al number one writer, recruiter, Manorino. That's right. <laughs> um, I don't get put but, over like that. I don't get that shit. Well, I'm going to end the podcast with this. Um, Thank you to thepopbreak.com for hosting Socially Distance. If you want to see the latest reviews, the latest wrestling nonsense, you want to see some content from uh, people like past guests, Kat Banos, uh, Mr. Lucas Jones, Mr. Uh, I was going to say someone completely different. Uh, Anthony Toto, yes, and, and Leisha Weinberger, Rachel Freeman. If you want to see some great content from all of them, head over to thepopbreak.com. Um, there's always something on there, always something new. Uh, I, I sidebar real quick. I know we're signing off, but sidebar real quick. I love that uh, I can pitch Bill an idea and he just accepts my nonsense. Yeah, and pretty much. I that's think like that little... that's kind of. I think that that's kind of what makes the prop break stand out so much is that. Bill lets us do so much, and again, like it's pop break, pop, pop pop culture. But like anything you're interested in, like we we got you. Yeah, and uh, I I want to make the sign off as long as possible. Bill, um, the pop break has uh, a feed that has a ton of 
original podcast within one feed. Uh, do you want to just plug that for one second? Yeah, if you go over, you could look up on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the if you look up the Breakcast, you can also find us on SoundCloud. We will be eventually. I've been saying this forever. Uh, we will be migrating to other platforms, including Anchor, very shortly. You could and find Spotify. and Spotify, and you could find such series as "And the Winner Still Is," which is our um, and um, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast, which are both hosted by Matt Taylor and Marissa Carpico. Um, we have our retrospective series from the Sarnecki brothers. We do random movie retrospectives like we just did the road to el dorado um and uh we will be having like i said tv break which i mentioned before and probably a wrestling podcast coming up soon because well, god knows i write we write enough about wrestling on this site awesome well uh thank you guys so much and uh we'll see you next week yeah take care yeah.